Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. been any weird animals in your house besides your dogs besides yeah they're weird enough weird animals in my house um yeah have you ever had an animal issue i i've lived in houses that had mice when i lived across the street from the skate park yeah when i was like 20 years old so um, like 35 years ago yeah <laughs> thank you that house was a mess i mean it was just cold all the time and it was not very well taken care of but we were all young and dumb and broke so there were like six of us living in that one house together and three cats yeah by the way how it always goes well i know but it sucks to have a mice problem when you have cats right like the fuck you guys here for (laughs) pay your rent yeah get a job anyway i feel like we all did that though like i lived in houses with like too many people and we also had like each person had their own cat yeah like always why is that I don't know. We ended. We only had the one because my one roommate had a cat, and then yeah. for some reason, my grandmother's cat came to live with us for a little bit. Oh, and then my roommate's friend's cat came also to live with us. Hmm. So you we only like, had one cat, but we kept. You had a cat orphanage. Cats. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And the the friend's cat, the friend of the friend's cat. His name was Chico, and he was so fat that when he sat, he just looked, he was like an orange tabby, and he just looked like a basketball. Oh. And he's the only cat I've ever made that, like, made the floorboards creak when he walked on him like a person. (laughs) He was big. But He's cute. So I understand why he couldn't chase any mice, because he could barely move around. Poor Chico. Anyway, we had mice in the house, but the only, I never saw any of them. The only way that I knew at all, because I had a dog for a little bit, too. Yeah. That was when I had blanket. Mm-hmm. And so the dog food and, like, the cat food was in the pantry at the bottom. There were never, like, holes in the bag. Yeah. So the mice weren't, like, eating it. The only way that I knew is because they always pooped in the silverware drawer. Yeah. That was the only indication that I Isn't had. Isn't it that always we had mice. the silverware drawer? Yeah. But so I just told people, because I wasn't about. It's weird. I didn't want to kill them. Yeah. You know, if the cats killed them, whatever. That was one thing. That's that's life. Yeah. But I wasn't going to set traps. And I didn't want to set, like, catch and release traps because it was so cold outside that they yeah. probably would have just died and, or come back in. And then you have to look at them and feel bad. Yeah. You know, like... And I was like, they're not messing with anything except for this. So I just... When people came over, I was like, wash your silverware before you use it. Whatever. Yeah. We got mice. Might have poop on it. My roommate did say one time she walked into the kitchen and looked at the stove and there was a mouse on the stove that looked back up at her and then just kept, like... Kept its eyes locked on hers, but just kept walking. Yeah. And then, like, went down in one of the burners. <laughs> she said they just had, like, a staring contest, and then the mice were like, goodbye. Oh. So. That's funny. Yeah, that's... 
That's the only thing I can think of of like having weird animals live in the house. Um, and I just kind of let them live there. Yeah, if it's if it's a mouse, it's kind of like whatever. There was one time when you and I lived together that your cat caught a mouse. Yeah, and I got it away from him yeah. because I felt bad. Yeah, I always tried to pick him up and take him outside in the hopes that he would drop the mouse outside. But yeah. he always dropped it before I got to the door, so the mouse ran away, and yeah. he was like mad. Because like. If a cat kills a mouse and you don't see it is one thing. Yeah. But, like, when you know it's happening, because they take so long to yeah, kill them, they, they like, them. torture them, and it makes me feel bad. Yeah. So I was like, no! Um, but a house that I lived in for just a little bit had rats. So oh, that's a different story. Because it was downtown, and just everywhere downtown has, you know, downtown rats. And later, some friends of mine ended up moving into that house after I stayed there. And hired someone to finally figure out what the rats were doing. Because these, these rats were like, you would be sitting, it was kind of like shotgun style house, like it was really long. Yeah. And you'd be sitting in the front room, and they'd be in the laundry room, which is at the back of the house. And it was so loud. Oh, and no. they were not trying to be sneaky. No. They were just back, it sounded like there were like five of them back there playing poker. Like, just <laughs> yeah, sitting they around. they were just using your house as like. A fucking tiny table. <laughs> yeah. Playing cards, making bets, smoking <laughs> tiny rat cigarettes. You know, like, not sneaky at all. Yeah. And you would see them. I mean, honestly, at that point, I feel like you just type up a little lease and be like, here, <laughs> you guys can stay. But you gotta bring us some money. You gotta pay some rent. Yeah. We're all paying rent. Um, But it turned out the, the people that moved in after I left found, the exterminator found that the rats were getting in through the dryer vent, okay. the exhaust, what is that called? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. And he found their nest, and it was made up of a bunch of socks. Oh, my God. That they had, like, stolen out, out of, of the, the dryer. dryer. Oh, my God. So, sometimes when you lose a sock, it, it really has been stolen. It's rats. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. But they finally got that all patched up. But <laughs> I just thought that was so funny that it was like, oh, <laughs> the socks really were going missing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I've never thought about the idea of an animal crawling through like the exhaust vent of your dryer rats are tenacious yeah they can hold their breath for a long time so mm -hmm. they can come in through your pipes and like through your toilet yeah they're almost impossible to kill because yeah. anytime they if you try to kill them with poison anytime they encounter a new food they will eat one bite of it and see if it makes them feel bad so they'll like wait oh so that's that's really funny yeah <laughs> um it makes me think that, like, back in the day when royalty had, like, food testers to make sure that they weren't getting poisoned. They just get rats. They, well, they just should have called them rats. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That would have been good. I'm the court rat. Oh. <laughs> and I think royal food testers probably. Maybe the kings called them rats, but then they yeah. were like, excuse me, sir. My <laughs> title. <laughs> yes. So why are we talking about rats today? Mice. Rats. Rodents. Well, bucket snake. <laughs> Because it's, it's me, Bucket Snake. It's me, Meat Wedge. And we're here to talk about Mouse Hunt. Yeah, Mouse Hunt. I love this movie. But I haven't seen it in a long time. I haven't, I meant to rewatch it actually a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. I don't know why I just like didn't get around to it. Yeah. I was like in a real hankering to watch some Nathan Lane movies. I love him. Because I think I just saw like a clip or something of him, and then I remembered how much I loved him. Yeah. And I was like, I want to go down a Nathan Lane rabbit hole, mouse tunnel, and you, then I just didn't. So you just want to go down the Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Get. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. But yeah. Yeah, he's delightful. 
Who is the other guy in this? I can't remember, but he's tall. Yeah. In my head, he's tall. Yeah. I think I it's know. kind of that classic, like, one of them's kind of short and chunky and the other one's yeah. tall and lanky. They're brothers, right? I think so. And it reminds me of Hugh Laurie, like, in 101 Dalmatians live action. Yes. Like, it's not, not him, him. But I feel like they're, like, the similar character type. Yes. In my head. Yes. So, yeah. So we're here. Replay, rewind. Here it's a are. podcast. Yeah. We like to revisit old movies that we have not seen since we were children. Yeah. We'll try and remember anything about them. Then we go watch it. Then we come back and explain to you how wrong we were in our memory. Always wrong. Bucket Snake is always wrong. Yeah. I am always wrong. About everything. And then- <laughs> Not just movies. <laughs> yes, it's very good. This is not an advice podcast. And then we'll teach you a little bit of trivia that we learned along the way from some fun stuff about it. Yeah, so you can impress people. Exactly. Or more likely annoy them. Which this is, week. Yeah, a type of impressing. That's true. You can impress someone with how annoying you are. <laughs> That's what we my, do it every week. Yeah, it's my go-to <laughs> for a while. And this week we're talking about Mouse Hunt. So, yeah, so it's a pair of brothers who they get... They inherit a left. house, I think. Yeah. A house? Uh-huh. They, I think they inherit their dad's whole estate, which is a house, but also, I think, a string factory. Yes. But Nathan Lane is a chef or something like that? Oh, is he? I don't remember. He they have they want nothing to do with the string factory, I think, but they've just inherited it. Yes. I totally forgot about the string angle, but now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> the string angle. <laughs> and then there's a mouse right in their house that they can't get rid of. Yeah. Basically. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the plot is pretty straightforward. They inherit this house and they don't want to keep it they just want to flip it i think i think so yeah they they do clean it up i remember there's a scene where they have an auction in the house yeah because there's a lady who her boobs are hanging out of her dress <laughs> yeah and she has like a big like headpiece that looks like string it's like it looks like a uh, what do you call it string like royalty. string on a uh, on a spool thank you yes. okay um, because the mouse ends up going in her cleavage. Yes, I do remember that. Because he, he just, this mouse just keeps wreaking havoc. That's what it is. They're trying to fix up the house, I think, and sell it and yeah. have an auction. And yeah. they have a deadline for it to be, like, fixed. Yeah. Yeah. And the mouse keeps evading. Thwarting them and yeah. evading them. Um, the only other scene that I remember super vividly that I'm pretty sure was in this movie, I don't Again, I'm I'm worried that I'm confusing 101 Dalmatians because yeah. they have that very same dynamic. But I don't think it would be them. I think it's this movie where there's only one bed left in the house, and they flip a coin to see if they oh who gets to sleep who in gets it? to sleep in it, yeah. and they lose the coin through the cracks, and so they end up sleeping in the bed together, and they're like both very grumpy about it. <laughs> um. Well, that's cute. Yeah, and then at the end, they accidentally because of the mouse kick on all the string making equipment yeah yeah, the mouse is involved in the string factory somehow too yeah but it somehow gets cheese in it and they make like string cheese that is like cheese that looks like string on spools and stuff and it becomes this huge booming business yeah that sounds tight yeah so yeah i have lots of like images of like this house being very dusty and old and the string factory being super old and like covered in cloths and dust and stuff and then yeah i'm trying to remember the factory i i remember a little bit but my brain is just like 
Is no. it going to Jumanji and yes, the Shoe Factory? Yes, the Shoe Factory and <laughs> yes. Jumanji is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. But it's not. No. No, yeah. I, yeah, that's really all I remember. Yeah. But the only reason that I say that maybe Nathan Lane wants to be a chef is because why else would there be cheese? It's the only thing I can think of. Like, maybe that's what he would rather do. Maybe you're thinking of Ratatouille. No, I've never seen Ratatouille. Because <laughs> there's a mouse and food. <laughs> yeah. He's a rat. Yeah. But he's so small. He's small. He's very small for a rat. I, but I, I wonder what the connection is between the house and the factory. Yeah, are they attached to each other? Yeah, like, how does the mouse get there? I don't know. And why is the mouse so vindictive? He's just a is shitty mouse, little mouse. The, <laughs> the dude's like, ghost dad? Ghost mouse? <laughs> this house is haunted by a ghost mouse. Yes. Leaves a little ghost poops. <laughs> I think it's one very real, very just, vindictive mouse. Yeah, just one really clever mouse. He was just like, yeah, the whole house is finally mine. And then they move in and he's like, no, 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 no. This is my house now. Is there a cat? I think they get a cat at some point. Do they bring in a cat to try and catch him? I remember one of them, this is not related to the cat, one of them kind of loses it, right? And like breaks through the floor in the mm. front room and is like, yes, like trying to, trying to just hammering away at the floorboards, trying to find this mouse. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Like tears up the floors mm. mm-hmm. in a, mm-hmm. at an inconvenient time. Yes. There's going to be a lot of slapstick. Oh, for sure. Which I'm very excited yeah, it's for. it's mostly this movie, I think. Yes. I'm also getting a little bit confused in my brain with the borrowers, because mm. they call an exterminator. Yeah. Who I think is Hugh Laurie. Oh. No, Hugh Laurie's a cop in that movie. Weird. Yeah. Is this a British movie? Is everyone in it British, or no. is it set in the U.S.? It's set in the U.S., I'm pretty sure. Okay. We're but- just thinking of Hugh Laurie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know that Hugh Laurie is in The Borrowers. And because I'm, they call an exterminator in The Borrowers because they've got, they think they have mice and they actually have tiny people living in them. I don't house. think that I've seen The Borrowers, actually. Yeah. We'll yeah. definitely do an episode on that. It's very cute. Yeah. It's got John Goodman in it. I knew that. And Hugh Laurie. And teeny tiny Tom Felton. Oh, cute. Yeah, he's very cute in this. Or in that. But yeah, there's a, there's a scene with either in this movie or in the bars, there's a scene with a bloodhound that they come to get to sniff something out and the guy is like, don't eat too much cheese because you know what it does to you and it gives him like terrible, terrible gas. So I don't know if that's in this movie That sounds because like... of the cheese angle yeah. or if it's in the borrowers. I'm pretty sure it's in the borrowers because the borrowers feels way more colorful to me. Yeah. And this movie feels like kind of dark and dusty a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's all kind of mixed up in there. I think these movies about tiny things. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't think there's a dog. I think okay. there might be a cat. Okay. A cat would make sense. Yeah. They're like, well, what if we get a cat and it, it'll chase the mouse down? They right. must call an exterminator at some point, though. That's the logical thing to do. It'd be like, we have mice. Yeah. I don't know but if there's a reason that, that they can't or don't, or they do, and it just doesn't work out. He also, yeah, can't handle it. Can't handle the mouse. Well, you can't handle the mouse! <laughs> Let's uh, go find out. Yeah. How about that? I mean, I guess that's what we do here. That so. is what we do. I don't know what the other options are. <laughs> Just go, well, we'll never know. <laughs> guess we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> Everyone's like, why is this episode only 15 minutes long? <laughs> oh, we don't want to watch this movie. So we bye. talked ourselves out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go watch it. I'm going to eat some cheese. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, that was a fucking lively movie. <laughs> it is it is lively. Very that lively. is a good word for it. Yes. I really liked that Wikipedia called it an American slapstick black comedy buddy film. <laughs> okay. So, those are all of the categories that yeah. fits in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of those things are true. The IMDb summary says Two stumblebum inheritors are determined to rid their antique house of a mouse who is equally determined to stay where he is. I love the word stumblebum. I do too. It's so good. It's like the best word for them too. Yes, absolutely. And that, yeah, that's a very good, I mean, it's one sentence and it's like, that's yeah. it. You don't, the other stuff is like. Yeah, there's other stuff that happens. Yes, yeah. But that's the premise. I mean, that's, I feel like what we said in the intro too is like. It's two guys in a house trying to get rid of a mouse. <laughs> They're bad at it. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple premise. Yep. So it starts with a funeral. Yeah. A super intense funeral. Yeah. Who are all of these people? Um, Extras. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. it's just a classic children's movie trope. The intense funeral? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's, it's a joke. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Whew. Let's start a children's movie with a funeral. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, this whole opening scene is just like... Dark as fuck. Is this a children's movie? It, this I like... double-checked the box, because I watched this on VHS. Huh. I double-checked the box afterwards Yeah. to see the rating, because I was like, is this actually PG-13? It's, it's PG. PG. Yeah. Yeah. It is, there are some parts that I was like, excuse me? Yeah. But, you know, classic opening funeral whoops whoops <laughs> drop the casket dad flies into the sewer just absolutely gets launched into a manhole yeah and there's like Whip. which we're gonna get to it but finding out that the guy that played their dad like died before this movie even came out is like okay yeah then they de- but they dedicated the movie to him but like i wonder still- if they told him that they were gonna fake launch his bot into the sewers I mean, probably. I hope so. I'm sure he knew. Probably. I mean, he, he got was the... in, like, National Lampoon and stuff, so he's yeah. into this kind of yeah. thing. And he, I'm sure he got the job because they looked dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, classic, These they're arguing, Ernie and Lars are arguing at the funeral. Yeah. You know, 
about, about what color Lars's suit is. Yeah, because he's like, isn't that gray? He's like, no, it's black. And he's like, that's the blackest gray I've ever seen. Gray, black, gray, black. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I do love that when their dad flies into the sewer and they're like, get him out. And the guy's like, he's halfway to the harbor by now. <laughs> and Ernie is just like, oh, well. Doesn't care. No, he just does not care. He's like, well, bye, dad. Yep. I feel like really sets you up for the, for knowing the characters immediately. Yes. Yeah, yeah, does a good job of that, that's for sure. Um, And then we go to the string factory. Yes. They're... I love this episode of How It's Made. <laughs> <laughs> Where everyone works there is a thousand years old. Old as fuck! Yeah. Yeah, every time I referred to the people who work at the string factory, I was like, oh, the old people are doing this. Oh, <laughs> so they are. so old. I'm sure they don't have a retirement plan because they can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly, it doesn't seem like he did a very good job running the factory. Running that factory. I mean, no. everybody is probably still there out of loyalty. Maybe he was a nice guy. Well, the thing, too, which we find out later, is that he borrowed against that house so that he could pay his employees. Uh, you know, so it wasn't doing well. True. Because yeah. string is out. It's all about nylon. Nylon cord. Yeah, so this scene, it's, it's pretty fun, though. They show how the string factory is working and how all the old people are doing, but mm -hmm. then, like, one ball of string rolls and makes it go too fast and then everything gets fucked up and yeah it seems like if it was so easily taken down there should have been a person whose job was just to make sure that that didn't happen that person is there but they are also very old they're just not paying attention because <laughs> they're old as hell well because the guy in the at the end of the line i think is where it happened yeah and he's the one that's supposed to like catch the, the last ball of string but you see that there's a pile of them at his feet because he just keeps missing them oh no yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's all going but I'm, on i'm saying there should be someone because that ball of string like bounces over to like where it's making spools of thread or something like that yeah and it like gets stuck and like bottlenecks that yeah. so there should be someone just making sure that that doesn't get jammed oh, up and yeah. there's no one like at least no one paying attention they're on break yeah forever because they're dead. Permanently. They're old. <laughs> yeah, but while that all that's going on, they're reading the will in the factory for some reason, but... Yeah. But why not? I do like that we're continuing our trend of a movie about brothers with a questionable age gap. Yes. Because <laughs> Ernie looks significantly older than Lars. Yeah. Yeah. It's the mustache. Yeah. And the 20-year age gap. I mean, they could also play Mario and Luigi. <laughs> They could. They could. Aw. One is little and round and has a big mustache, and one is tall and skinny and has big ears. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So in the will. Yes. They get an egg. Yes. And a spoon collection. So many spoons. So little time. <laughs> <laughs> and a box of cigars. Uh, yeah. Half, half smoked. Does that mean? Box of cigars. That half of, of them are gone or that each cigar has been smoked halfway? Yeah. That's what I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this is very reminiscent of when my dad died, and there was not a will, Yeah, and we were just cleaning out his house, and I found a big Ziploc bag full of change, and I was like, ah, my inheritance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank you. <laughs> Ernie is upset. Yeah. About this. Yeah. He was, I think, expecting more? Yeah, I mean, his dad is a string magnet. Yeah. Magnetic string. That's Mag a good idea. Magnate. <laughs> Not magnet. His dad so, is a string magnate. Yes. Is that how you say that? I think. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Let's ask a magnate. 
I don't know any. If you are one, email us. <laughs> Replay rewind podcast at gmail.com. If you're not, fuck off. Your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> Our target audience is magnates. <laughs> I just mean on this one. You can oh. email us about other stuff. Oh, okay. But if you're not a magnate, I don't wanna I don't wanna know how you pronounce it. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, Ernie is upset because he's just gonna get a worthless house and a broken down string factory. Yes. Wah, wah. Yeah, and the guy who's their lawyer explains that the previous owner was found locked in a trunk in the attic. Yes. And neither of them question that. Yeah, they're, they're just, just like, like all right. <laughs> they're more mad that the house is like worthless. Because he's like, how much did he buy it for? And he says $50,000. And yeah. he goes, oh, okay, how much is it worth now? He says $50,000. Yeah. Which is Which a dope ass house. Yeah, but it's, it's still more money than either of them have at the moment. Yeah. So even if they sold it as is, they fixer still, upper. Yeah. Anyway. But, well, they're not quite destitute at the moment because Ernie still has his restaurant. Yeah, and Lars still has his shitty wife. <laughs> so. Speaking of the restaurant. Ernie says, I got a date with the mayor. Yeah. And then he leaves. To go to his. With his half-smoked box of cigars. Yeah. His fake French accent is so bad. <laughs> so bad. And his fake French is so bad. Like, it, I don't speak a lot of French, but I know at one point he says it's from the library. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a really old school, very like seventies restaurant, yeah, type feel. Like, yeah, I mean, it seems like a good one. You know, people seem to be, yeah, seems like an okay restaurant. Yeah, at the that's a thing that I read in a couple of reviews too. Is like, it's okay for a, a movie to not specifically let you know when it is set. But yeah, this movie feels kind of all over the place. This about. movie is intentionally all over the place. Oh, it contains elements from the 40s to the 90s yeah because i mean the way that everyone is dressed and then they're at one point there's a scene where a postal truck drives by and i'm like that's the truck that my dad drove like oh, it's yeah. not like a 1940s postal truck so yeah. well, i think do... they were intentionally just kind of like when is this movie it doesn't matter yeah they do call the house centennial though yeah and see on the blueprints that it was built in 1876 which implies that it is 1976 okay when the movie is set okay but I think not. they were just kind of like, <laughs> we don't care. We're, yeah. we're not worried about it. That's not the point. Yeah, it's kind of. It's a little jarring. Yeah, discombobulated. Yeah, I jarring. Feel... Yeah, jarring may be too strong, but yeah, it's a little. I feel discombobulated. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. So Ernie's at work. He's very excited. The mayor is coming. The mayor has just recovered from quadruple bypass surgery yeah i think that's what they said they're like is this gonna affect your re-election campaign and he's like i'm just here to have dinner just here to eat get out of the way yeah okay so he is going up for re-election he's the yeah it's the night before the election i think they say okay yeah and there's like news crews there because he's a high profile customer yeah and he's yeah about to be and this was back i guess back in the day when I don't know, news crews went to restaurants. I guess. Oh, yeah, they're just... I and also, like, I don't feel like anybody cares about what any mayor does. No. Not the mayor. I mean, not here. I guess they might be, if it were, like, I used to work in a New restaurant York. that our mayor came and ate in, like, twice a week. Yeah. And we'd just be like, oh, hey. But, I mean, if you were the mayor of a big city where you're more of a political target and more of a celebrity, yeah. I guess... I guess so. All I can think of is like Rudy Giuliani. People might be stoked about when he was a mayor. They might be stoked about where he's going. Not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but right. Ernie is hoping that having the ma- the mayor there will kind of put him on the map. So he's very excited about it. The yeah. mayor's just 
stoked that he's out of the hospital and gets to eat whatever he wants again. Although mm-hmm. he probably shouldn't eat whatever he wants. No, he should not. Yeah, so Ernie brings them their food out. Mm-hmm. And just... Uh, yeah, schmoozes with the family. Yeah, before that, we see that he has set, which I don't think he would do this because he seems like a professional. Yeah. But he has set this box of cigars down in the kitchen. Yeah, I don't think that obviously there's so many suspension of disbelief things in this movie. But like, yeah, you know, bringing a gross old box into a kitchen. I don't think any chef would do that. No. Yeah. Um, But he does. And we see a giant fucking cockroach crawl out of it i think that cockroach is also in men in black and then disappears yes he gets the same one <laughs> yeah he has his own imdb that cockroach he is big enough yeah it's so gross it's the same year as men in black came out i mean it's a good year for cockroaches in movies yeah <laughs> this i guess this must have been his last movie because he didn't make it he didn't make it maybe he had a stunt double oh god <laughs> so anyway so Ernie brings the mayor and his family their food. He's like schmoozing them up with his fake French. They're eating it all up. And then he's off talking to the news crew and the mayor starts eating his food and, uh. Grunch. Grunch. I believe he says something about how he loves the almonds. Yeah. Uh. And then, uh, his, one of his twin daughters is like, dad, there's a cockroach in that food. Only half of one. And it's just half of one. Because he ate the other half. But he, like, Heimlich maneuvers it out of himself, and it flies across the table. I believe it crawls across the table. It's yeah. severed head. Yeah, it's, but it's still alive. To reunite with its... It's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and it's, like, very obviously a CGI cockroach, too. Like, it's not even no, but it's believable, still disgusting. but it's still just, like, ugh, the thought. Yeah, that was one of... That scene, like, I forgot that it was gonna happen and then yeah. when it was happening i was like oh no i remember <laughs> this and it was just so gross uh yeah and so the mayor dies but we don't know that yet he well, gets taken we, to the hospital we know but so they all immediately like a lot of death for the first nine minutes of a kid's movie. yeah this is nine minutes and like 30 seconds in so much death yeah yeah so they're like hey ernie <laughs> what the fuck because i mean they're all just still standing around yeah the can't reporters even, like, are like so what are you gonna do now pretend like it didn't happen <laughs> yeah. they're all just there's a camera in his face mm-hmm. so then we cut to these people trying to buy the string factory yeah the nylon this... cord gang yeah from zepco mm-hmm. this real slick dude zepco where the zeps go <laughs> <laughs> yep they're trying to buy the factory for i mean a lot of money yeah. Seems like, depending on when this movie is set, but, you know, they have, like, yeah. a whole briefcase full of money. dollars yeah. yeah. I mean, Which for seems... a dying string factory. I was just gonna say, it doesn't seem like a lot for a whole factory, but... I mean, as, what what as worthless as that is, because it, I mean, it definitely but just seems like... the real estate, I don't know. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, where are we? Who knows? I mean, for a large, you know, if there were... I don't know, I feel like in this position, if I were faced with this thing where it's like, he presumably has a job. Lars does, other than... Well, yeah, they never talk about it, but they do kind of mention that he's always with their dad and, like, always talking about string and always doing string stuff, but he kind of doesn't really seem to know how to run the factory. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like he's there very often. Yeah. I don't know. But he... Yeah, did he know he was going to inherit the factory someday? I feel like he must have known. Because his dad tells him, don't sell it. So I I don't know what Lars does with his day, but... (laughs) 
if he had a different job and somebody was like, here, I'll give you $100,000 right now. I'll just take this factory that's like falling apart off your hands. And he says, you know, we'll give you a nice pension and like... You'll still make money off of it. Yeah, because you'll be a string consultant. We'll keep you on. Yeah. I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It's out of my hands now. But then he says, no. Nay. Because he has a flashback. Yeah. Of him and his dad and his brother in the hospital, which is, this is the point where I said, where did they find this man? An actual hospital? Yeah. And the answer is yes. Yeah, he was actually. dying of emphysema. About to die. He's just bones. Yeah. It's very upsetting. No. no. (laughs) It is very upsetting. It's just like, okay. Uh, I hate it. Thank Uh, you for putting this in this children's movie. What is the quote that his dad says? A world without string is chaos. Yeah. So, there you go. Can't sell it. You can't sell it. He or said, promise me, Lars, that you won't sell it. Here's my lucky piece of string. It was the first piece of string I ever found? Made? I, I found it he when found I came it. to America, he says. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, I've kept it. I decided I was going to go into the string business, I guess. Sure. He's a string man. Yeah. Lars says no. His wife says bye. Flips out. Because she is all about the money. Yep. Says, There's no air in the middle class, Lars. I can't breathe. Yes. Fuck off, April. Yeah, she sucks. She does suck. So he gets kicked out. Yep. Goes to a diner. On Christmas. On Christmas. I did not remember this being a Christmassy type movie. I didn't either. But it came out in December. Yeah, it was very close to for Christmas. The holiday yeah. release, yeah. It's Christmassy enough that you're like, oh, this is kind of a Christmas movie, but not Christmassy enough that you're like, this I would is... watch this at Christmas. Yeah, like Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than this. Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> so, Lars, having been kicked out, goes to get some dinner. In a diner, where he gets a cheese sandwich with capers. That's My... a Merry Xmas. <laughs> My notes say, what's with the cheese sandwich with capers? Oh, ha ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> because who is working in the diner but... It's Ernie. He says, no capers. Why don't they eat out of a trough? <laughs> and Lars is like, I mean, okay. No. So I guess Lars didn't know anything that happened to Ernie. No. This it's, is a complete surprise to him. The weird thing is that it's playing on the TV while Lars is sitting in the diner. Yeah. Like the news story about yeah. him. I think Lars just does not pay attention to anything that's going on around Right, him. but Ernie already works in the diner. Yeah. That part is weird. So he got a job real fast? He just like or... walked down the street and was like, well, I work here now. Yeah. Maybe someone was being fired at that moment. You know, he walked in and they were like, we need a line cook now. Yeah. And he was like, I can do it. They were yeah. like, we don't care if you have credentials. But yeah, it just seems like. The timing on that is weird. It is very strange. Yeah, because they, well, no. So what they're playing on the TV is that the mayor has died. Yeah. Of his. So, it's I mean, still the... you assume that it's immediately after. Yeah. Or at least, like... But maybe he went... Because it was from complications from his recent heart surgery. Yeah. So maybe he was there for a while, but probably not for that long. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it it is very disjointed time-wise. It's fine. It's fine. But so they leave, and they're talking. They're walking down the street. Ernie explains the whole thing that happens to them. Yeah, and then they start talking about how close they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's some carolers. Yeah, Ernie... Oh, Christmas. Yeah. Ernie gives Lars a speech in front of the carolers about how he's, like, thinking too small and he needs to think, like, dream bigger and think bigger and blah, yeah. blah, Yeah. And then they see a foreshadowing cake in the window. Yeah. Which is just weird. It's a 
terrible cake, I have to say. Yeah, it's a cake that says Welcome Home, and it has a little model house on top that is the house that they inherited. Yeah. And then it cuts to, like, them driving to the house. Right. Because obviously they've come to the conclusion that they don't have anywhere else to stay, so they're going to go stay there. Where does Ernie sleep Uh, normally? this house? I don't know. I mean, Because we know that Lars just got kicked out. Yeah. But I mean... If Ernie's restaurant, sure, it, even if its doors closed that day, he still presumably has a house. Nope. Where has he been sleeping up until this point? The mayor took it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They don't. Yeah. They never talk about it. No. They're just like, well, let's go check it out. Yeah. They're like, we live here now. Where does he live? I don't know. Doesn't he have stuff? And he never goes back to the diner to work. No. <laughs> he just worked there one day. It's very strange. He worked a half shift. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was going to get fired for putting capers on the cheese sandwich anyway. But... That's fair. So they go to see the house. Yep. In the dark and in the cold. Right then and there. Yeah. And leave the front door open while they're looking around. Sure. Whatever. I mean, it's not going to make it any colder. <laughs> fair. And Ernie is upset and saying some shit. And Lars is like, don't say bad stuff about dad yeah and ernie just yells into the house you string sucking old loon (laughs) which i was like this is my new favorite insult (laughs) it's a very good one you string sucker (laughs) (laughs) yes lars is very concerned he's superstitious for one minute this is not a character thing that ever comes back where he's like don't say that i felt a chill ernie yeah like because you left the fucking front door open and it's snowing outside exactly. you dingus which i guess is the joke but he just never that's not it never comes his... up again where yeah. he's like oh, maybe this is dad or whatever yeah so it was a weird thing to throw in there but so they're looking around the house you know me so i'm sure you know but i was just looking at this going god i want this fucking house yeah <laughs> it's so I good would. i knew you would i mean they opened that door and there's a giant staircase and i was yeah. like i'm already in love yeah. Even though it's dark. Yes. You're like, that's cool. It would be so fun to fix up that house and clean it and yeah, restore it. Yeah. If you knew it, what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had the money and the time. Which they which do not. don't. And they don't. <laughs> so they find that there's only one bed. Yeah. So they flip a coin for it and yep. it gets stuck on its side. Yep. Which I think you said. Yes. You remembered this part. Uh-huh. Um, so they have to share the bed. I, I know I wrote, just flip it again, you loons. <laughs> like, they didn't lose their coin. It's still right there. Just try again. Nope. They were just like, nope, that was the one time. That's it. So they're they're laying there. And uh, they hear, well, Lars is still awake and hears a scratching noise. So he wakes up Ernie and he's like, what's that sound? We have to go investigate. Yep. So they go up to the attic. Yeah. And find a box full of mobs. Yeah. Oh, mothballs. Why was he excited to open that? Because he's dumb. <laughs> also, Ernie manages to, like, when he gets scared by the mods, like, get stuck in a painting. Yeah. Where his head is through. Through the face. The face of the painting. Uh-huh. And that's pretty funny. It's very silly. He very stays there. Classic. For dramatic effect. Yeah. Because Lars is like, look at this. And he, like, <laughs> turns the whole painting around. <laughs> so good. That's my sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> I know. When I, well, as I was watching this, I was like, Bucket Snake is going to love this movie. Yes. I mean, I knew I loved it, but yes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Then there's, like, some lightning for some reason, mm-hmm. even though it's there's snow outside. Yep. Um. And they see a big scary shadow. Yep. And then discover that it's only a toy. Yeah. Lars jumps into Ernie's arms. Yeah. Which is adorable. But then when they realize it's a toy, he, like, starts screaming again. <laughs> He's right. It's a very scary looking toy. And why is it in that window? I don't know. 
Oh, who put that there? Oh, we know who. Yeah. They hear, do they hear the scratching more? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I think it's up there. So Ernie gets on Lars's shoulder, but then gets like pushed through the ceiling, basically. Yeah. And then uh, sees the mouse. Yeah. He's just like, oh, it's just a mouse. Yeah. But also, there are some blueprints up here. Yeah. So he punches his arm through the <laughs> roof of the attic. Because <laughs> that's reasonable. Through the ceiling of the attic. Yeah. yeah. And pulls them all down and what? they find okay. out. Yes. Why is this such a thing of like finding old blueprints in the house somewhere weird? Yeah. I feel like that happens in movies all the time. Yeah. Like, put your blueprints, if well, you're going to keep them in the house, why are you hiding why them? Why would you yourself? hide them? Yeah, this is as, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. You need that information, probably. Yeah. How would you normally get to this portion of the attic? Yeah. If you hadn't shoved his head through the ceiling. Yeah, is it supposed to be? Is there a door somewhere? A secret? And he was just like, well, I'm not going through that. So I already <laughs> punched a hole in it. I don't. No. I don't know. But so they pull the blueprints down and they look at them and they find out that the house was made by Charles Lyle LaRue. <gasps> the missing LaRue. Yes, which means nothing to them or me. But then we find out the guy from the historical society is like, oh, this is worth a lot of money. And, you know, they're yeah. excited. Yeah. How do you... He's clearly famous. LaRue? Yes. Yeah. He's a famous architect. Yeah. How do you design and build a whole house in secret if you're a famous architect? Well, they they mention later that he, like, was committed, implying oh. that he went to, like... That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's weird. It's, a, it's an entire house. I know. Somebody had to know he was working on it. Guess not. I guess not. He just gave him a different name. He was like, my name is not Charles. Ralu. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky Ralu. Laurel's child Ralu. And I would like to <laughs> build this house in secret for you. Don't oh, tell anybody. I was trying to rhyme oh. more, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. So everyone's excited. They're at the house. This like very large man comes in yes. who owns a bunch of Larue houses. Mr. Falco. Yes. He owns in. 42 of them. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have this one. How many houses did this guy design? At least 43. <laughs> yes. Um, I do like the line where he's like, you see these shoes? And Ernie's like, LaRue's? <laughs> and Mr. Falco says, no, but he would have loved them. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> that is fantastic. But yeah, Mr. Falco offers to go ahead and like buy the house from them. And they're like, Ernie decides in the moment that they're going to have an auction instead. It's very smart. Yeah, definitely. Very quick thinking. Yeah. Greedy little bastard course no he's right yeah also he has no idea how much the house is worth because he keeps thinking that they're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars instead of millions of dollars right because he's like oh we could get five or six hundred thousand dollars for this house well he talks to the he's thinking i think i think he offers a million is the first thing that he says because he's talking to the historian and the historian says well the last the LaRue last one sold, sold for six for six hundred thousand. And it, no, he didn't. He doesn't say six hundred thousand. Oh, he says the last one sold for six, and it didn't have this molding. Okay, and then Ernie repeats Ernie that to him. Assumes that he meant six hundred thousand. Well, it makes sense because his dad bought it for fifty thousand. Yeah, but so he says that was ten years ago, and he repeats, you know, right to Falco what Mister Thorpe says yeah. to him, and he says, "So I think it's worth at least twice that." Yeah, which would be a million. A hundred and twenty, wait, yes? 600,000 times two? 
One million two hundred thousand? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Addition with Meat Wedge and Bucket Snake. Hate it. We are good at math. But so he's just like, uh, yeah, like a well, million dollars is what he's kind of hoping to get out of it. And But, you know, he's like, maybe I can get more than that if this guy's willing to pay a million. You know, maybe I can get a little more at this auction. And Falco gets all mad because he wants it. Yeah. And he says, fine, I'll come to your auction, but I'll have you know I've never paid more than $10 million for a house. And he walks off. And the look on Nathan Lane's face is so good. <laughs> it is How he just look. stares after him for the longest time. And then when he's already gone, it's like, all right, well, we see you then. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good scene. Yep. And like, he, it's like clearly holding it together. Lars is not. Right. He, all of his emotions are on his face. Yeah. I don't know if Ernie is intentionally holding it together or if he's just in such shock that he yeah. takes him a minute to register just that he should say something. Has paused himself. But uh, either way. So they are making plans. This is after everyone leaves. They're uh-huh. sitting around the house making plans and eating snacks. Yeah. And then we switch to a view from the mouse's perspective. Yeah. This scene is very cool. Yeah. And very gross. When he's, like, running through all the parts of the house. It's just so dirty. I mean, yeah, you know, the house is old. But how do things like that get in the walls of a house? I don't know. I mean, there's holes all over the place that the mouse has created, That's I guess. True, but there's, like, but... a whole shoe and, like, glasses. And yeah. Like, how do those get in between the walls? I don't know. But it strange. is so dusty in there. And yeah. I was like, I want so badly to just supervise this house being cleaned. And yes. just, like, watch it, like... Ooh, ah. come together. I don't want to clean it. No. But, but yeah, I'd like to be in charge watch, of the cleaning. I would watch like a time-lapse video of it being cleaned Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. That's like six minutes long. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> That's how much energy I have for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they drop an olive and the mouse like runs out and grabs it and runs away. Yeah. So Ernie's like, oh, we have a mouse. There's that fucking mouse. Yep. So he sets up a mouse trap. Says we got to get rid of him. Yeah. Because one vermin can bring you down. Believe me. I know. Wonder why he says that. Can't imagine. I don't get it. So they're still sharing one bed. They set the mouse trap. They go get in bed. Yep. Into the one bed. Yep. And they hear the trap snap. Yep. And they so. both sleep peacefully. Yeah. Knowing that their problems are over. And they're they're gonna make millions of dollars and they don't have to worry about this mouse and everything's great. Roll credits. <laughs> nope. That's not what happens. No, it's not. Uh the next morning they're like eating breakfast and talking and ernie's like i'm glad we got rid of that mouse or whatever yeah pulls a cereal box out and the cereal just runs out of the bottom before he can even get it over to the table yeah because obviously the mouse chewed a hole in it has chewed a hole in it Mm -hmm. so he's like all right well i guess that one's empty i'll go get a different box yeah they i think before this they check the trap and they see that it is empty and there's no mouse in it yeah but he's like well i mean well and they see the olive pit and lars is like he left it to mock us. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he gets the other box of cereal and pours it out, and the mouse is in it. Yes. And it's just like, oh, hi. <laughs> Lands right in the bowl. Yep. So Ernie they... says, get me my Gouda. <laughs> well, they chase after the mouse for a little bit oh, with true. a broom and a spatula and just mostly hurt each other. Yes. Very um, home alone. Yeah. Yeah, and then he says, get me my Gouda. Yep. And so while he's putting this one piece of Gouda on this trap right outside of his house, or his little mouse hole, the mouse is 
wheeling the entire rest of the Gouda away. It's very cute. In the background. It's so adorable. So following this, they do a fixing the house slash injuring each other little mini montage. Yep, little montage. <laughs> when Lars drops a bunch of stuff on Ernie's head and then Ernie looks up and Lars is suddenly inside cleaning a window and he's, he's like, like, oh. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I was here cleaning the window. It's very funny. Yes. Yeah, and then you see the mouse's little house and he like, it gets in his little bed. <sighs> tucks little, himself in. Like tin can with like a tissue paper blanket. Yeah, this is full of stuffing. He has effects. Yeah, he has like posters and stuff. Yeah, I, I think there are only effects after you die. I don't know. Before then. You never hear somebody be like, oh, I need to get my effects. It's well, just... okay. Before It's just your shit before then. I think that Captain Jack Sparrow says that in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's true. When they take his, like, sword and stuff. And he demands his effects. Yes, you are correct. But that's the only... About that. ...example I can think hmm. of that. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, he's he's laying in bed in his little cute house and closing his little mouse eyes. He's going to take a little mouse nap. <laughs> And then <laughs> Lars fucking holy shit decides to overuse the nail gun yeah to fix the baseboards yeah which is like that's not how you do that first of all no you would use finishing nails which are tiny yeah he's using like three inch railroad spikes yeah they're insane and You're just with a nail gun because he doesn't know what he's doing no he doesn't he's the son of a string magnate <laughs> he knows nothing about fixing houses clearly but yeah it. There's a scene of, like, the mouse running away from the nails coming at him. Yeah. And then Lars, for some reason, needs to put, like, six nails in the same spot. Yeah. And almost gets him. Yeah. That's- it's so unnecessary. Yeah. My note says, Lars is not a fucking contractor, huh? <laughs> Why so many nails, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's about to put the final nail in this little mouse's coffin. Yeah, which I don't know why the- there's, like, a pause. Why is the mouse just- Run away. I think yeah. he's stuck a little bit. Is he? I can't he's tell. He's just kind of sitting there waiting for waiting death. Waiting to die. Yeah. Like, move. I think it's for a dramatic effect. I guess. But then Ernie yells and is like, hey, come help me with this. And he's bought a fancy jacuzzi tub. Yeah, it's so tacky. Doesn't fit the house at all. No. it. This jacuzzi tub is very 90s, I feel like. The look of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's super tacky. And Lars is right to question, do you think this will go with the decor? And he's like, it's a jacuzzi tub, it'll go with any house. And that's not true. Yeah, it doesn't. It's ugly. Then it, they don't need it. No. But luckily for them, it doubles as a sled. <laughs> I do think it would be really fun to go sledding in a bathtub. Yes, absolutely. But they slide. Especially one that big. Did they see the mouse and get scared as it happens? Yeah. yeah. He goes sliding down the banister yeah. past them. Yeah. And they try and chase after him and then get caught up in the bathtub and slide out the front door yeah they drop it and get yeah whatever yeah i wrote these guys need to work on not being so reactionary yeah they should calm down a little bit i feel like that's the story of their lives it's just a mouse but they go all the way out to the lake yep and fall right in yeah yeah and then die mm, they seem fine <laughs> <laughs> there are so many times in this movie where they should have died yeah again home alone but with a mouse yes um yeah, and then the next scene, they're they're dry and happy and fine, mm -hmm. but Ernie is setting a chain reaction of mouse traps. Yes, his explanation is that he'll panic. Yes, set yeah. off all the traps, which I wrote. I think y'all are the ones who are panicking, my dudes. Seems like it. Of the two parties involved <laughs> here, one of them is cool, calm, and collected, and yeah. the other one is Ernie and Lars. Very true. 
And then they can't get out of the room. Nope, door's locked. Because the door's locked. I don't know why. That door has glass in it. They could have just broken it. I don't know why they didn't. <laughs> and there's, like, windows. That's one more thing that they would have to fix. I know, but then they sit house. there literally all night. Yeah. And I don't know what their plan is. They're like, well, when the sun comes up. He doesn't have, he, they're sitting there trying to think of a plan the whole time. Yeah, it's not true. that they're waiting for the sun necessarily, because Lars says, did you think of anything yet? And he's like, shut up. Yeah, that's true. But then they see the mouse. Then they see the mouse. And they're like, oh, here he comes. He's going to finally set off the traps. But the mouse does all these cute little things where he like gets across the room without touching any of the traps. Yeah. And he like swings across the chain yes. on the light. And Ernie just goes, that was good. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, you got to give props yeah. where they're due. And that was an incredibly acrobatic move by this mouse. So then the mouse dramatically flings a cherry into all of the traps on the floor. I love that in this part that Ernie has become a mouse expert. I think the problem is that Ernie just refuses to say, like, I don't know what I'm talking about yeah. ever in his life. Yeah. But he says, oh, he's going for the cherries. And Lars says, I thought you said that mice liked Gouda. And he says, not in the mornings. <laughs> the Gouda tires them out. They need the fruit for exercise. Yes. Or they need the fruit for energy. Jeez, like, what, the the what the fuck do you know about mice? <laughs> Nothing. Yes. And then all of the traps get tripped. Yep. And they freak out. Yep. Again. And just roll around. Just roll around in them. So they're (laughs) stuck in all these traps. And the mouse is just sitting there looking at them. Yeah. And then he goes down and gets a bunch of snacks. Yep. And walks off. Yes. Which is very cute. It is incredible. But they are upset, obviously, because they're in pain and they're stupid. Mm -hmm. So they grab the vacuum. Yeah. And they're like, "We're gonna vacuum this guy up." Yep. And there's the camera angle. It's kind of fun where he's like, got the vacuum, going for the mouse, gets like the snacks one by one, mm-hmm. and then the mouse like gets into the wall. Yeah. And they think that they're gonna get the mouse, but the mouse got away and they got the sewer line instead. Yep. And they fill up the vacuum bag with sewage. Yes. Props to the vacuum cleaner bag manufacturer. <laughs> Truly. It holds out for so long. There's so much sewage. <sighs> and it explodes. No one's been living in this house for how long? Yeah. Where did this all come from? I don't know. Just, it's, it, they don't, don't have neighbors. I don't know how the sewer line works. I don't either. Disgusting. Very gross. So then they're covered in shit. Yeah. Basically. There's a lot of shit in this movie. I didn't remember this movie being this gross. Yeah. And then after that explodes, they get a knock at the door while they're covered in shit. Yep. And it's the bank, and they're like, we're going to foreclose on this house because nobody's made any payments on it. Yep. And they're like, no, the house is paid for. And he's like, no, you borrowed against it, so you owe us for that. $1,200. In two days. Yep. Or we're taking it back. Which is a bummer, because they had $1,200. But then they spent it. Ernie spent it on a jacuzzi tub, which is now at the bottom of a lake. Yeah. Bummer. So their next move... After they presumably get all of the shit cleaned up, mm-hmm. is to go to the pound. Yes, this is terrifying. By it the is way. the most intense pound. What is with between this one and all dogs go to heaven? What is with the pound being like a maximum security facility? I don't know. It's a cat. It's a kids movie. It's a kids movie. Yeah, so the first thing they see is this child being dragged down the hallways where she's like, I want my cat! And she's crying and screaming. she's crying. It's like, okay, kids movie. Awful. Fun. And then the people who work there are wearing hazmat suits. And they keep getting, like, flea bombed, I guess? I don't know. 
I guess. They're like being gassed every time they go in there. Yeah, but then he doesn't wear it for the rest of it. He's wearing it when he comes out, but then they're like, we need a cat. And he goes in and he's not wearing his hood, which I know would be hard to talk to him through, but... That's true. Just silly. So anyway, his name's Maury. Yeah. And I say, hi, Maury, we need a cat. Yep. And they say, we want, like, the meanest, worst cat that you have. And they go see Catzilla. Yep. And the guy's like, you can call him whatever you want. Yeah. He looks like a fluffy. Sure. Ernie does request one mean pussy. Yes. <laughs> Which, I just need to point this out right here. Uh-huh. Even before we get to the research notes. The guy who plays the cat wrangler. Yes. Is the voice of Pumbaa. Yes. From The Lion King. Yes. And Nathan Lane, obviously, voices Timon. Uh-huh. So Timon just asked Pumbaa for a mean <laughs> pussy. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. It's amazing. Good job, writers. They liked that, that line one. so much. It's in the trailer. Is it? Yeah. That's goofy. It's in a trailer. Okay. That we'll talk about later. Well, I hate it. Yep. So, they find this cat. Yep. He's nasty. Maury says, you know, Ernie's like, can we have him? And he says, oh, sure. We were about to gas him again. Yeah. About to try it again. So. That's terrifying. Ernie is rude to this cat straight to its face. Yeah. Which pisses him off. Yeah. So apparently he understands English or he's just pissed off all the time. Yeah. Probably. Why not both? So, yeah, so you were right about this in that you said, pretty sure they go get a cat at some point. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And it is this cat. And the fucking guy at the pound, like, electrocutes the cat. Yeah. Because he growled. Like, yeah. no wonder he's mean. Yeah. God. So they take the cat home. Mm-hmm. It's howling and spitting and being nasty and sticks its legs through the box and takes off. Yeah. And Ernie and Lars the are CGI like... CGI Catzilla. Yeah. It almost makes you feel bad for the mouse. Almost. <laughs> and then they walk away. Yeah. So then we get the scene of Catzilla chasing the mouse. Yeah. Uh, from the cat's perspective. Yeah. So he, like, sucks his arms into the box so as to, like, surprise the mouse, I guess. Sure. The mouse comes over and is, like, inspecting it. This feels very, like, let's have a Tom and Jerry moment. Yes. Because they go across the piano and it plays music and then they get inside the piano and it's still playing a song. Yeah. And that part is very cute and I yes, like Yes, I wrote, oh, they wrote a lovely song together. Yeah. During this scene, we do cut back to Lars at the string factory because they need that $1,200 to not lose the house. So he's like, we're going to have to defer your paychecks. And the workers are like, the fuck you are. Right. And... Suddenly, all have pitchforks and <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure torches. they were just sitting around. Yeah. So they're at the factory, and Lars opens the window and looks at Ernie, and he's like, you can fit out the window, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So back to Tom and Jerry. The mouse manages to get the cat to, like, get mouse-trapped. So he has, like, traps all over him. And then they just really go through and just destroy the house, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The cat gets tricked into getting into the dumbwaiter, mm -hmm. and then the mouse chews the rope, and it falls all the way down, presumably pretty far, because that's the end of the cat. Yep. Yeah. Bye. I do feel a little bad for the cat. I do. Yeah. So they get home and realize what's happened, so, you know, they call the exterminator. <laughs> they sure Caesar. do. Caesar. Played by... It's Christopher Walken. None other than... He's in the house. He's telling them what, what he's gonna do. He pretends like he's there to, like, 
get rid of asbestos so the mouse doesn't know what he's there to do. Yep. He tells them, normal people are not psychologically equipped to catch mice. Nope. Like, clearly, well, you're not normal, so. <laughs> you are right about that, sir. Ugh. Yeah. So he's basically like, you guys can leave. I'll take it from here. Because Lars goes back to the string factory. Lars decides he's gonna make some string to try and make at least $1,200 real quick. Yeah. I know. I wrote back when he first told them and they started picketing. I said, what did you think was going to happen? Just set up a GoFundMe. Or maybe like have a string sale. Go to check and go? Is like Ernie still working at the diner? Yeah. Take out a personal loan? Sell some of the chef equipment that Ernie owns? Yeah. Like you get so many options. There's a lot of stuff. Anyway, yeah, so Lars is back at the string factory. He decides that he is going to... So they, they're going there together, I think, to see what they can figure out. But Ernie's like, I'm going to drop you off. I got yeah, to go take care of something real quick. Yeah. So you go do that. The workers are outside striking. Yes. Lars goes into the empty factory. Yes. And decides he's going to make some string. Yep. Is very bad at it. Is very bad. Well, actually, he makes some very nice string. Well, yeah. He, at the end. He deconstructs. Out of his own clothing. <laughs> his own clothes, because everything just keeps getting caught. Yeah. On stuff, and then it just turns into a string. Yeah. Have you seen... Have you ever seen Hellraiser? No. So, it's real gross. Yeah. And there's a scene at one point where this man is has a bunch of hooks in his body, Ugh. in like his face and his skin, Ugh. and like chains yeah. just going every which way. This is a family podcast. That's what this scene looks like. Oh, <laughs> Where, like, Lars is, like, being pulled in all these directions by these machines. Yeah. By his various clothing being caught up on all these. It's, I was like, this is, like, the kids' version of that scene in Hellraiser. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was, it made me uncomfortable. When your brain was going there, my brain was like, oh, is this where Rivers Cuomo got the idea to write, if you want to destroy my sweater? <laughs> oh, this thread. As I walk away, as, as I, I walk, walk away, away. <laughs> I'll soon be naked. Which he was. Which he was. He got totally naked. Yep. But before he's totally naked, we see Caesar crawling around the house. It's I didn't take notes just... on this because it's gross and I didn't want to think about it again. It, it is gross. I just, because he says unsanitary creature defecating in the dining room. But then he eats mouse poop. Yep. I was like. You're a human being. Which one of you is the unsanitary one, a Caesar? A lot of mouse poop. He's just like sniffing it and tasting it. Well, he and just eating eats it the and... one because he keeps putting them in little vials. Yeah, but it's... then he he eats one and he's like, it says that he has a calcium deficiency, which the mouse just ate a whole fucking wheel of gouda. Yeah. I think he's good. I was thinking that too. I think he's gouda in the calcium department. Yeah. So then Ernie goes to make a phone call. Sound calls the Zepco guys because he has found out that they offered to buy it. Right. So he calls them and he's like, we changed our minds and we want to sell it. And they're yeah. like, cool, we'll meet you at the factory. And he's like, no, 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 meet me under the big clock at noon, which sounds very shady. Right. Very classic though. So that's where he goes. He's yes. sitting there. He's waiting for them. He's a little early. Yeah, he's sitting on the bench. Yep. He sees these two ladies across the way. He's flirting with them. They're so cute. I love wiggling them. Wiggling his tie at them. Yeah. They're cute. And then he loses his hat, chases it down into the street, Yeah, gets hit by a bus. This is the first time, because my girlfriend and I were watching this together, and in this moment, she said, oh my god, I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate the comedy of errors thing. It makes me so uncomfortable. And I was like, I like it, yeah, but I understand. I'm not a huge fan of downward spiral type. Yeah. 
movies where yeah. things just keep getting worse. Right. Um, this one isn't that bad. Yeah, because it's kind of like goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my biggest concern at this point is how Ernie is going to pay his hospital bills. <laughs> right. When he has no money. He can't. Yeah. Yeah. He gets hit by a bus and then we cut back to the string factory where Lars has run into the office naked because all of his clothes have been made into string. And April is there wearing almost nothing. Yes. She's there because someone showed up at her house mm. asking about the auction. Yes. So then she realizes that Lars is about to make a lot of money. So she's like, oh, I'm going to go get Lars back because I want that money. Yes. Yeah. I do hate in this scene that, like, the camera cuts away. Like, you assume what's about to happen. Yeah. Because they're both naked. Ew. But it cuts away to the painting of the dad, and he, like, looks happy about it. Does he? Like, I thought he was supposed to look shocked. No. No? Either way, it implies that he's watching. Yeah, his face, the face on the portrait keeps changing throughout the movie, yeah, depending exactly. on the mood. But, but we yeah. didn't need it for this one. No. I don't. That's weird. It's his dad. Yeah. Even if it's just a painting of his dad. Gross. Weird. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Also, how did those Zepco dudes not see Ernie getting hit by that bus? And being carried away in an ambulance? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I mean, I guess scene. Maybe they don't know what he looks like? Yeah. Could be. But he, when he gets a call from them later, he gets a message from them later that's like... We waited an hour. We waited for an hour. We think this is super unprofessional. Like, it, the thought didn't cross your mind that maybe that was the guy who got hit by the bus? Yeah. Because, I mean, I do feel like you could call them and be like, oh, I got hit by a bus. And they'd be like, oh, that was you. Oh, okay. We, we recall. We saw that happening. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because, like, the Belgian ladies definitely saw it happening. And those two guys were standing right there. Yeah. Anyway. So now we're back at the house. Back to Caesar. Where Caesar is trying to put his camera into the floor not, to see. Not just any camera. Oh. The Squeak Seeker 2000. The Squeak Seeker. It's got a plasma screen. Yeah. So he's putting it through the floor to try and find this mouse. Yep. And then the screen goes black. He's trying to figure out why. Yeah, he sees that the two wires had been chewed, so he, like, puts them back together. It takes him a while, though, Yeah. to look at the wires. He's, like, smacking it and, like, fiddling with the dials, and right. it's like, you're dealing with a mouse, dude. Like, don't you think that would be the first thing you would look at? Anyway, he doesn't. Yeah. He finally gets it back on, and the visual that he sees is the front of his own truck. Yes. So he realizes that the camera has been pulled through the house outside. He yeah. goes to look out a window, zooms in with those little eyeglasses. His weird monocle thing. And then the mouse is outside on his truck. Mm -hmm. Starts the winch Yeah, he's on hooked the front. him up to his own winch. Mm -hmm. And pulls him through the entire house. Yeah. He destroys that house. The scene was so upsetting to me. Like, yeah. he just, yeah. And destroys the, it the camera angle of you being able to see his face while his body is being pulled through the house is actually very scary yes and i don't like it. no the whole scene was just really awful i mean he rips through i know he's wearing a helmet but yeah he rips through the floorboards yeah and, and the down the stairs, stairs. Yeah. yeah that is some serious wood yeah it drags him all the way outside. Yes. And then the mouse, like, jumps on his face and shits on him and then runs away. Yep. He's like, how about this calcium deficiency, bitch? <laughs> God. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So we cut back to the hospital. Ernie's being wheeled through the hospital hallways. The sisters are there. The doctor says, 
are you related? And they say, yes, we are sisters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. He says, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know them. I'm not really, I don't have a sister. And then Lars shows up wearing April's sexy coat. Right. And he's which... like, why do you have, why are you naked? And he's like, April gave us the $1,200. Yeah. That's his ex, because April gave us the $1,200, which does that mean that, one, does that mean that Lars is naked underneath that coat? Yes. Two, does that mean that April left the string factory and just her lingerie that she was wearing under the coat? Yes. Also, why is Lars wearing April's hat? That was not a requirement. Yes. <laughs> Why was April wearing a sexy hat? Who manufactures <laughs> sexy hats? I've never been like, damn, I wish I had a sexy coat. hat right now. Little feathers on it. I could really be feeling myself if only I had... Only I had a little pillbox hat covered in feathers. Yeah. It's awful. So, April gave them the $1,200 that they needed to not get foreclosed upon. Yes. How nice of her. Great. Lars explains that they had sex and... He says, we made love like I've only seen in nature films. You with me, baby, eat nothing but mammals. Yeah. I could have done without... That explanation? Telling us Sure. That. Yeah. Didn't need it. No. Ernie didn't need it. The children watching did not need it. Nobody needed that explanation. No one No one needed it. We get it. We get it. But as they're driving home, they see Caesar's truck being towed away from the house. Yes. And then they see that all the emergency crews are at the house. Yes. And they're like, what happened? What happened? Apparently, he was locked in a trunk in the attic. What? Huh. So this is the point where I wanted to know, how old is this fucking mouse? Oh, true. If the previous owner was locked in a trunk in the attic, and the house has been empty for two years, how long does a mouse live? Not that long. Two or three years? This mouse is immortal. Maybe five? Yeah. Yeah. And they just go, huh. Just like when they learned that the previous yeah. owner was found dead they don't, they in a trunk in the attic. Did he die up there? I think so. They don't react to... At all. Him at all. No, not really. So yeah, Caesar is being carted out of the house on a stretcher, mumbling incoherently. Yeah, and they said... A horse or something. Something. Ernie's like, what happened? And he said, well, we got a 911 call. Nobody was speaking, but there was just a bunch of screaming in the background. Yeah. And we came and we found him locked in a trunk in the attic. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh. Huh. I don't think we're dealing with an ordinary mouse. Oh, no shit. What? At this point. Jesus. It takes this long. Yeah. <laughs> but then they walk in the house and <laughs> they're like, everything's a mess. They're yeah. looking at the whole mess and they're standing in the kitchen and they're like, oh, it looks like Caesar made himself a sandwich. Yeah. And Ernie is very impressed with the caliber of sandwich. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh, this is exactly what I would have done. He toasted it on one side. To melt the, the cheese, but not, not the other. So as not to wilt the arugula. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, nice. Good job, Caesar. Yeah. But then the sandwich starts walking. What? Because this is actually ratatouille. Yep. That's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> I said, what is this ratatouille? Ah, the mouse is a culinary genius. Is this ratatouille? Yes. I feel like this is a is a really weird turn at this point. They do they show the mouse collecting snacks before, but yeah. now all of a sudden this mouse is actually going to eat a whole ass sandwich. Well, and is like a culinary mm. genius, yeah, or at least has culinary wits. You know, where he like grilled a fucking sandwich and is like put all these gourmet ingredients on it and knew to grill only one side. So yeah. It's not, 
It does imply a lot about the mouse. It does, and it it's just sort of comes out of nowhere, I yeah, guess. Definitely. I don't know when they would have introduced it before, but it's just like all of a sudden there is this food angle. Yes. That they do nothing with until the very end, but it's just like I love a food angle. It just they're like, Oh yeah, remember how Ernie was a chef? And you're like, Yeah, it's not really come up. <laughs> yeah. There are no capers on there. No, I don't know. It's it's kinda strange. Yeah. Yeah, they they chase after him once they realize that he's under the sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then I got sad because I was like, oh, he put in all that work and he isn't going to get a sandwich. doesn't even get to eat it. It upsets me. This is uh, very silly, but it upsets me in movies when people are like about to eat something and then something happens. They don't get to eat it. I yeah, know. Because it's such a like a... It's so sad. I don't it's know. It's so we all unsatisfying. Yeah. And we all know what it's like to be like driving home from work or something and being like, oh, man, I have leftover mac and cheese that Mm -hmm. i'm gonna eat when i get home Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be so warm and i had a long day and it's gonna be great you know and then something happens yeah somebody ate it or yeah whatever yeah you don't get to eat it such a specific feeling of disappointment yes and so i feel very bad for this yes because he did and i mean that's a lot of work for a person to put into a sandwich a mouse that's a lot (laughs) i don't like it in movies and i know that they do this because people don't like to watch people eat yeah it, you know, it doesn't make sense unless yeah. you're Brad Pitt. Right. I was going to say only Brad Pitt <laughs> likes to eat in movies. But I hate it when there's a scene in a diner. And, and nobody they... actually eats. Well, it's fine if, because there are some scenes where they'll be in a diner and you can see that they've finished eating. They yeah. have plates that are like mostly done and they're talking. That's great. That's fine. That's yeah. the best way to do that. Yeah. Scenes where they're sitting there and they have already ordered and their food gets brought to them and then they leave. Because they're like, oh, we got to go check that out. And they don't eat. I'm just like, yeah, stop (laughs) doing that. (laughs) That happens a lot. I know. I hate it. Or like, who goes to a restaurant to like break up with someone? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just baffling. They order food in movies and then like no one eats. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. I got broken up with at a restaurant, but I didn't order anything. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) That's such a weird thing to do. It was! Because it's just like, okay, well, we have to break up. Alright, well, I'm gonna eat my sandwich. Do you wanna hang out? <laughs> like, what? It was just strange. Like, well, anyway. We don't need to talk about that here. <laughs> That's our other podcast. That's the, yeah. So, Ernie decides he's gonna chase the mouse up the chimney for some reason? Yeah, physically, because he's he's losing it. Yeah, for sure. So... He just follows him right up the chimney, but he gets stuck. Uh huh. And Lars is like, "I'm gonna get a flashlight." Yep. It's like, okay, that's not helpful, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got the flashlight. Yes, I see that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but they show the mouse open the gas valve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he like intentionally leaves a pack of matches right next to Lars. Yeah. And Lars is like, "Oh, the flashlight's dead, but I got some matches." But here are some great. And Ernie's like, I smell gas. Lars lights the match anyway. And then they both die. They should have. I mean, you can argue, okay, maybe. This is like the twelfth time they should have died. Right. But I mean, all the other ones, sure, whatever. You know, Ernie gets hit by a bus, but there is a cut scene where the doctor explains that he has no injuries and he's fine. And he just got very lucky. You could argue that they swam out of the lake and somehow avoided hypothermia because they took all the right measures like right away or whatever. This one, Ernie gets shot out of the chimney. I mean, they show both of them being engulfed in flames. Yes. They 
are dead. Yeah. It is a flash fire, I guess. Like, nothing catches. Right. At least. Um, but yeah, Ernie shoots out of the chimney all the way out into the lake again. Yes. And lands in the same spot. Yes, because he sinks down into the tub. And sits with his little cardboard lady. Yeah. I'm like, well, at least she's there for you, bud. Yep. I do love the scene that happens immediately after where Ernie walks back into the house and they talk to each other without oh, yeah. saying any words. Yeah, There's just gestures and noises. Lars is like, wait, why are you coming in the front door? And Ernie is like... <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. They're both just like making hand gestures uh, yeah, and mouth noises. Obviously very hard to describe in this medium, but it's such a good scene. It is very clever. I wish I kind of wish they had done stuff like that more. Yeah. And but, it sh- I mean it shows a nice like brotherly connection where they understand each other. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of that. Then Ernie just decides he's going to shoot the whole house with a shotgun. <laughs> Which Lars is so concerned. He says, "You're going to blow a hole in the wall." Like, dude, look around. Yeah. This house is barely held together (laughs) at this point. So he's just like shooting at the mouse, Mm -hmm. tearing up the house. Yep. And Lars is like, maybe don't. And Ernie points the gun at him. Children's movie. Yeah. Don't do that. He's like, oh, you're doing great. And then they think that they've got him in a hole in the ground floor. Yes. But it shows that he is actually pointing at. The flea bomb, yes. which was left over by Caesar. The big one. So Ernie has learned, one, he still has not learned not to underestimate this mouse. Yes. Because does he really think that the mouse is going to crawl into a hole and then just sit there and wait to be shot? No. And two, he learned nothing from the vacuum cleaner experience, not to just stick things blindly into a mouse hole. They do not learn that in this movie ever at all. Without looking. Because he just sticks the shotgun into this hole, says, see you in hell, mouse. And yep. pulls the trigger. They could have gotten this mouse so many times if they didn't have to say something before getting him. <laughs> There's so many moments where they would have got him, but they had to like take that second mm-hmm. to be like, make a face at each other or be yeah. like, oh, I got him this yeah. time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's we're so like, clever. Look at what we're doing. Just do it. Just do it. You I can mean, celebrate after. Don't. I don't want you to get the mouse. But So he pulls the trigger. And then they die again. It's the bug bomb. Incinerates the floor of it's the like foyer. A fucking mushroom cloud. In yeah. There. They fall all the way down to the basement. Yep. <sighs> then the phone rings. Yes. <laughs> While they're down there. Answering machine picks up. Zepco leaves a voicemail about buying the factory. About like being mad that Ernie wasn't there to meet them. Mm-hmm. So then Lars and Ernie get in a fight about it, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. They're it's... up on the normal floor, normal level again, fighting. Yeah. Such a sibling fight. He's like, I hate you. Like, I, hate oh, you. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you double. And Lars throws an orange at Ernie. Yep. And just manages to hit the mouse. Yeah. Ernie ducks. Whack. Got him. Which, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's kind of cute that the mouse is just sitting there watching them fight. Yeah. He's just like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. You guys okay? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he just whacks him with an orange. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then neither of them can bring themselves to actually I know. kill him while he's helpless, which is yeah. fair. I couldn't do it. No. Yeah, it's one thing if you're like, oh, we set out a trap. He got yeah. caught in the trap. It's what happens to mice. Yeah. But yeah, to just be like, I'm going to whack this mouse with a shovel. No. No, can't do it. Uh, so what do they decide to do? What so reasonable action do they take from here? They put him in the cigar box and they mail him. To Fidel Castro in Havana, Cuba. Yeah. Which apparently you can just write, to Fidel Castro, Havana, Cuba, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. Everybody knows where Castro lives. 
In Havana, Cuba. Mail will just show up at his house. Yeah. It's fine. All good. As they're driving to the post office, Ernie says, Oh, looks uh, like I forgot to put holes in the box. Yeah. This feels like international terrorism. He'll indirectly honest. kill him. It's fine. <laughs> it's just sort of war. <laughs> Can't just be mailing, like, dangerous mice to leaders of other countries. Yep. He's Hitler with a tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they mail him to Cuba, but you see the post office in Cuba, them being like, oh, they didn't put enough postage on it, so mm-hmm. they send it back. Yeah. And then now for the auction. Which, <sighs> I know, we keep talking about it's a kid's movie, suspension of disbelief, but for a box to get from wherever they live to Cuba in two days is gonna take... And they, then it was back. when Yeah, when they drop, when they're like on their way, they're like, we have two days before the auction or whatever. It would take much longer than that. Which implies that a lot of that, like, so much stuff happened all in that one day. That yeah. That all happened in one day. Yeah. Like, from the time the sewage thing happened. Yes. Forward. Yes. That's all one day. Yes. And the sun is up for most of that. And it's winter. Yeah. But you get, like, four hours of daylight. I didn't think about that till just now. Because, yeah, when the guy shows up for the foreclosure, it's, it's daylight. Yeah, but that's when they are like, oh, no, we only have two days. Yes. Or whatever. Well, no, I guess maybe... Oh, Because yeah, April have... gives them the money. So now they're, they've are they got that deadline taken away from okay. them. Okay, yeah. But I think they do still say... But it was only a week, still. Yeah, because I wrote, oh, cool, mail it to Cuba. What a great idea. All right, now fix that entire house in two days. Yeah, So the auction too. is still happening in yeah. the next two days. Yeah, so they do say something in the car about it, about how they have two days to fix up the house. Yeah. I think. Honestly, the most unbelievable part of the movie is that they're going to fix all that shit in two days. Yes. Like, I can believe that you survived being shot out of a chimney, but I can't believe that you fixed those stairs in two days. No! With what money? Because the stairs are fixed, like, pretty much the next day. Yeah, they gotta buy the lumber, they gotta buy the nails. They don't have any money. Well, I guess if they've got April foot in the bill, but... Bankrolling them, yeah. (sighs) Still... Still, my point here is that that mouse would not make it to Cuba and back in enough time yeah, to sabotage the auction. For all this to happen. With no air holes. With no air holes. He'd be dead. I'm sure he'd shoot a hole, probably. So they're having an auction at their house. The Belgian looks lovely. Yeah. And the Belgian hair model show up. Yes. With the spool. The hair yes. spool. Like he Why said. did she do that? Um, they don't know that he's into string at that point. No, and they talk about it. Yeah. He goes, oh. She's like, do you love string? They're hair, hair models. Yeah. So they did, of course they did. I guess they just did weird shit with their hair and yeah. she just happened to pick that and Lars is just infatuated. As he should be. She's so pretty. They're both really cute and sweet. They are. Yeah, they're they're having the auction. The house looks great. They're all schmoozing and Ernie's making food. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hanging out. Ernie yep. walks by someone at one point and says, Hakuna Matata. Yep, he walks by like a sheik. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's because he's Tim. I know. It's yes. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> I get it. Anyway, yep. so he's in the kitchen. He's fixing the food. He puts a cherry on something. He looks away. He looks back. Cherry's gone. Hmm. But also, uh, Falco is standing right there, just jamming cherries into his it's face. So gross the sound he's making. I know. He's like a machine. Like it's like he physically cannot stop until Ernie takes the cherries away yeah. from him, and then and he's, he's like, kind of like comes to a little bit. He's like, oh, but anyway, not even. Taking the stems off. He's like putting the whole things in his mouth. And so he says, I'll give you $10 million right now. He writes the check. 
I will give you this check for 10 million if you just call off this whole auction, which probably should have done it, Ernie. Should (sighs) have. But he doesn't. Uh, He says, no, we're still going to go with the auction. Yeah, we're going to take our chances. Uh, Have a great night. It cuts to Lars going outside to throw some trash away, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And he finds the box that the mouse was mailed in with the corner chewed off. Yep. And then the auction begins. Yay! Ernie uh, is standing up at the podium, like, giving the little opening speech, and he sees the mouse Yeah. show up, and he's trying to hit him with the gavel. That part's pretty funny. Yeah, or he keeps using, like, hammer. We had to hammer out some Yeah, whatever. but I think we nailed it. And so then <laughs> once the auctioneer gets up there, he's like, don't stop. No matter what happens, just keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because Lars is trying to, like, pantomime to him. Which, oh my god, in this moment, just be like, Ernie, can I borrow you for a second? Yeah. This is a very crucial thing that you're trying to convey, and he's clearly not getting it, although Ernie saw the mouse, so he already knows. But he eats the string. He eats the string. He ate dad's lucky string. So then the next part is like just so much slapstick ridiculousness of them trying to catch the mouse while the auction keeps going. Yeah. Trying not to alert anyone's attention. While this house just keeps going up and up in value, you've got all the classic auction tropes. There's the gentleman from Japan. Mm-hmm. You got a big cowboy guy, big cowboy Texas man. Yeah, you got Mr. Falco is there. You have the lady from New York. Yes, who at one point Falco looks at her and goes, "You don't have that kind of money," which yeah. I was like, "Jesus Christ, dude!" <laughs> Rude fight at this auction. Yeah. So the mouse is there to cause chaos. And goes down the dress. Mm-hmm. You remembered this part. Yes. Goes down the front of her dress. Yep. And Lars just straight up sticks his hand in this woman's dress. For a while. For a while. And it's not... I thought when I was envisioning it, I was like, yeah, he puts his hand in her cleavage. His hand is fully to the elbow down this woman's dress would be in her underwear. Yep. It. I mean, they basically show that that is where it is. Yes. And, and she's just like... Whoop! She just sits there. And her sister is like, I don't know if she's like, oh, that's just how they do it in this country, or she's jealous. She just takes Ernie's hand and sticks it in her own dress. Yes. Because she's like, oh, this is an American custom. And Ernie's like, all right. (laughs) It's weird. It's very weird. Like, I get the joke. I just don't know. It goes on for too long. Go on that long. His hand is too far in her dress. Yeah, it's just awkward. And then, yeah, April is sitting in front of him and turns around and is like, get out of there! Just weird. It's it's very weird. Um, yeah, it's not subtle at all. No, but the auction continues on. Uh, Lars manages to knock a cigarette into the spool of hair. Yes. That starts smoking. Yeah. He gets the mouse. Yeah. Which then crawls down his sleeve. Right. And is clamoring around in his suit. Hmm. Ernie runs over to his pants and says i'm gonna get it out yeah and then lars is like is it out yet did you get it and he's like i don't know i can't tell meanwhile the auction is still happening the whole time Um, and most people are not even paying attention to this they're just like uh there's 19 million dollars on the line normal auction behavior there's a missing larue on the line that's true hilda's hair is distracted Pretty much fully on fire at this point. Yeah, so... Her sister says, Hilda, you're smoking! (laughs) Ernie grabs the martini. Lars. Yeah, no, Ernie does. Yeah, Ernie grabs the martini, throws the olive. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, Mr. Falco starts choking on the olive. Because it 
goes right into his throat. Yep. He dumps the martini on the hair that is on fire, which then becomes more on fire. Right. And there's so much happening. Yes. Um, the Olive somehow gets into April's throat. She's choking. Mrs. Falco does the Heimlich on her husband. It yeah. goes shooting out of his mouth into April's mouth, Ugh. which is disgusting. So gross. She starts choking. Yeah. I don't remember who saves her. I don't either. Um, maybe no one does. Maybe nobody. So they... Lars goes and gets the hose, I guess. Yeah. Somehow Hilda's hair gets put out before that. Yes. But I don't remember how. There's too much going on. There's so much happening. Yeah. Hilda's hair gets put out, but Lars runs in with the hose and Ernie is like, oh, good idea. Yes. He thinking thinks. that they're going to get the mouse with it. Right. Because again. <laughs> he's lost his fucking mind. Does not think his actions through and just sticks whatever he has in his hands into that mouse hole without thinking about what is behind that he can't see. That's a, a big metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't do it. Yeah. So he tells Lars, go outside, turn it on full blast when I tell you to. Right. And Lars does that. And he breaks the handle off of the... Which you can just put those back on. I've done it a million times. Yep. It goes right back on there. Yeah. But Lars is stupid, as we've previously established. We do notice. Yeah, so the house starts filling up with water, and the mouse is running from it. And he, he rides some trash... Over the growing waves. Yep. Pulls I, a five-hole. I was excited that at this point, the inside of the walls are getting cleaned out. Yeah, It was so true. gross in there. Yeah. That is uh, one way to do it. Yes. But then, too much water. Too much water. And the wall behind the auctioneer, right as he is about to say, going once, going twice. For how much? $25 million? Yes. To Mr. Falco for his 43rd LaRue? Yes. The wall explodes. Yep. Before he can hit the gavel and say sold. Clearly a load-bearing wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> so everybody uh, gets washed out into the front yard and Ernie's like, this was just a demonstration of how sturdy the home is. Look, it's still st Oh no. There it goes. You know? The whole thing collapsed. I'm glad they got everybody out first. Yeah, for sure. That house is probably going to fall apart soon anyway. All the shit that had happened to it. Yeah. yeah. Not structurally sound. No. And then it lost a huge wall and it's got all that water damage. Yeah. It's a good thing that everyone was... Again. Out of the house. The suspension of disbelief. Yeah. What the fuck kind of hose? Yeah. How What's much water? That much water. Yeah. That quickly. Because there's so much house. I mean, it'd be leaking into the basement. It would be... Yeah, it would have to fill up... I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of... That part is... A little silly. Yes. Because it's like in it's 30 seconds, the entire house is full of water. Right. Like. Enough to wash everyone straight out the front door. Yeah. It's bizarre. I mean, it's silly. It is silly. That's the point, but. Yep. Yeah. So the house explodes. The wall explodes. The house collapses. Yeah. I think it's for the best, honestly. I think that Ernie and Lars should just pick up, move away, start, start fresh over. somewhere else. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. They're just climbing on the rubble. Mm-hmm. And the piece of string floats down. Yep. And they're like, oh, we got him. We got him. He's dead. April leaves with the big hat Texas man. Yeah. Good riddance. Her. But then the string pulls apart into two pieces. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's We a can sign. finally share it. Yep. So they're like, well, I guess we'll go to the factory. So they got nowhere left. else to sleep, yeah. yeah. And then you see The mouse is pulling a Cape Fear. Has hitched a ride. <laughs> yep. Clinging to the bottom of the scar. Yep. And they fall asleep. 
in the office. Yeah. But then they notice that everything in the factory is running. Yeah. And they're like, huh. It's cute because you see them. They're asleep on either side of the desk with their heads on the desk and a big wedge of cheese and a knife in between them. Yeah. Turns away, comes back. Cheese is gone. Cheese is gone, yeah. It's cute. Then the factory starts up. And? And they wake up and go see what has happened, why Mm -hmm. it's running. Yeah. And it's all cheese. It's all cheese. Where did he get that much cheese? He was hoarding it. Yeah. I don't know. But he's making string cheese. He's making string cheese. It's so much fun. I would not eat it. That whole factory is dusty as hell. I said, this cannot be sanitary. No. But then they, they cut to the next, like, scene in the future and it's all yeah. cleaned up and updated and he explains that yeah they've stuff. Yeah. fitted it for food consumption so it's fine and now the mouse is the cheese consultant yes it's so cute it's very cute he's wearing a little hat very ratatouille yeah <laughs> but you know it's cute and i mean that's pretty much the end that's pretty much it they put the string back together and they frame it yeah in the office it's very cute the mouse just sits on Ernie's shoulder all the time. Yeah. Ernie has says, truly lost it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just yeah. talking to the mouse. Yeah. Try this one. Don't like it? It needs more curry. How does he know that it needed more curry? How did he know that that's why the mouse didn't like it? He, Maybe mice don't like curry. And the mouse ca- are communicating because he's like, I wanted to talk to you about some marketing and production. Yeah. You should be our spokesperson. A lot of people use mice as a spokesperson. Can't imagine who you'd be referring to there, Ernest. Ah. I didn't catch that, but I get it. Yeah. I get it now. And then that's it. Because this is not a Disney movie. It's not. It's DreamWorks. DreamWorks. The end! Everything's fine. They have a booming string cheese business. They didn't sell the factory. They're working together again in their strengths. Oh, and uh, Lars is walking, uh, what's her name? The hair model through the factory and explaining everything. To her, implying that they're still hanging out, which yeah. is good. Yep. Hilda and Ingrid. Yeah. That's their names. Yep. Very. Right. Very cute. Well, did it make you cry? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, it's not one of those movies. Thank goodness, though. That it did make you cry? Yeah. Because it would have been because the mouse died? Yeah, or just like all of the emotionally charged things that we've done. Oh, yeah. This one is nice and goofy. But true. Better goofy than George of the Jungle. Yes. Is it a replay? Rewind? I don't know. Yeah. Um. It, do, you, do you feel like you have new opinions now? Than when I watched it? Well, before before we watched it. Yeah, I didn't remember it being so gross. Yeah, it's very gross. Like, yeah. And I have, I have a very big question that I'm going to ask you here in a minute, after we get through some housekeeping, that like, I don't know, it's just a big question for me about this movie. I mean, I liked it. I think it's fun and it's meant to be the very classic like just turn your brain off and enjoy this type yeah. movie yeah but we are not afforded that luxury here at replay rewind no nope. must leave the brain on brain on running tuned in so i mean it was pretty good i think okay. it accomplished what it was trying to accomplish okay actually i'll just go ahead and ask my questions now i have two of them okay go for it uh my first question is who is this movie for yeah that's a really good question and that's pretty much what all of the reviews ask as well yeah because, again, just like what we talked about in George of the Jungle, a lot of the plot points are, are adult plot points. A will being read. Yeah. A house being up for sale. Mm-hmm. Foreclosure. Flirting with Belgian hair models. These things are not for children. No. Fucking in the office of the string factory. Truly. But then the 
slapstick jokes and the mouse being outsmarted by a mouse is very for children. It is, but it isn't because slapstick comedy was not invented for children. Like yeah, Marl and Hardy shit was for adults. Like right. Three Stooges, all that kind of stuff is like, yeah, it's, it, it's funny, but that was adult humor. And yeah, there are themes, yeah. there are different, not only like in the atmosphere and tone of the movie being from the 1940s to the 1990s, but also a lot of the like comedy things are too. Yeah. You but know. I mean, I think anybody likes to watch somebody fall down. They better because it's hilarious. <laughs> it's the highest form of comedy. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a parent and you're watching this movie with your child, you're not going to be super thrilled about there being sewage everywhere or... Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's not for kids. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Unclear. I agree. It is rated PG for language, comic sensuality, and mayhem. Oh, PG yeah. for mayhem. No, which is kind of adorable. I love that. My biggest question is, who are we supposed to root for? Yeah. In this movie. That is also something that's brought up a lot. Yeah, I know Roger Ebert, that was his main point. Is yeah. like, you just... And, and I agree, because... Who do you sympathize with? I don't. Yeah, they you know, don't really give the mouse enough. He doesn't get enough sympathy. You get a little bit yeah, when you see his little house. Just because he's like a cute mouse. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't quite figure out, oh, is he just a little mouse and these things are sort of coincidental that he's doing this? Or is he doing this on purpose with right. malice, which he's got to be. He yeah. knocks the gas thing off and then brings some matches. matches yeah. That is absolutely planned out. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you can argue like, oh, he was just a little mouse and then they tried to take his house. But that house is so big, he could have just lived there yeah, this and not let them know he was there at all. Mouse has a vendetta. He does it on purpose. He yeah. locked the previous owner in a trunk in the attic to die. And then he tries to do it again with Caesar. Yeah. So even like Mouse versus Caesar, like who do you want to win in this situation? Because Caesar seems like a nice guy. He's not shown as this like sadistic mouse torturer. Right. He seems like a catch and release kind of guy. He yeah. knows like so much about mice. He thinks like a mouse. He thinks like a mouse. You know, he's getting information about the mouse diet just from like, you know, and well, his Yeah. So he knows a lot about mice. The the implication is that if they get the mouse, then they get to sell the house. Right. But why do we care? Right. Yeah, because that's the thing. I don't care about Lars and Ernie either. I especially don't care about I mean Ernie is like sort of painted as this like greedy jerk yeah but no he's not yeah they got the house fairly it was given to them it's not like they swindled somebody out of the house and they were like you know oh we're gonna make a million dollars yeah and it the way is... that he lost his restaurant was like not his fault exactly yeah it is actually a larue it's not like they're trying to pass over a fake as a LaRue. i mean it True. is it is worth a lot of money and yeah. these people want it so they fix it up themselves but, but yeah why would we root for them but why would we root for them? Yeah, they're not doing anything wrong, but, like, who cares? Like, he's he's being smart about a thing that he owns legally and fairly. He's just trying to make as much money as possible, which anybody would do. Yeah. It's not like they put a bunch of cardboard up and put wallpaper over it, and they yeah. were like, the house is super sound. They did their best, from what we can tell, to, yeah. to fix the house. Like, there's no bad guy in this movie, but also you don't really care about any of them. That's true. So it's just like, when you're watching it, it's like, okay, well... That happened. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really care who wins. Yeah. It's nice that they all work together in the end. Right. But yeah, 
also this mouse might be fucking 60 years old and some trickster god from <laughs> that was <laughs> another, another question that i had was like are they insinuating that the mouse is like their dad uh, yeah i saw that somewhere but it's like but the i don't think their dad knew how much the house was worth either and he never said anything about not being able to sell that yeah so why would he care well he it, said don't sell the string factory and they didn't it feels sometimes like the mouse's intention is to get the brothers to get along ah by driving them insane well by making them work together to get rid of him yes yeah i guess but and then yes, when the that string works floats out? down from the sky yeah you know like those things feel very intentional yeah but also they don't there's not enough for you to like get that that is what they're trying to say yeah and i mean they really only i mean ernie fucking points a gun at lars so it's not like they're really getting along better yeah they are motivated by money yeah you you get the like you get the impression that once the house is sold they're just kind of yeah they're gonna take their money and yeah there's no guarantee that they're gonna yes and i think that was around together maybe the reason for the house being destroyed it was like Oh, the house is destroyed and all that you got out of this was that you are friends now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The the real money was the friendship that we made <laughs> along the way. I don't I know. Yeah. You're right, though. I mean, there's not, like, who do you cheer for? Nobody is really, like, sympathetic. Yeah. You don't even... They don't even really talk about what they would do with the money when they got it. He just says, we're going to put our lives back together, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not, like oh, we'll, we'll make the string factory better together or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think Ernie just really wants to start a restaurant again or, like, go off and do his own thing, you know? Yeah, but, like, why Yeah, why should the audience care about that? Yeah, and the string factory, too, feels like a really weird tie-in. Yeah. It's not related to the meat of the story, which is these two brothers trying to get this mouse out of their house. And the mouse riding the car to the string factory. Yeah has so much intent yeah you know yeah that it didn't really seem to have before yeah the wikipedia article about this movie says that the mouse started making string out of the cheese because it felt bad for destroying the brother's house does the mouse have feelings does it 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 tried to kill caesar it tried to kill them a bunch of times it killed the previous owner it killed it has murdered before yeah i don't think and that's, now it feels bad i don't think it did it because it felt i bad. didn't get that feeling at all but the wikipedia article also calls hilda and ingrid polish and they multiple times state that they are belgian hair models so clearly doesn't know what it's talking yeah not paying attention so anyway it is for those reasons that I'm not sure if it's a replay or a rewind. It's kind of fun, but... It's fun. It's It also is kind of gross. It made me kind of want to take a shower because of all the scenes inside the walls of the house, which are so nasty. Yeah. All of the poop. All the poop. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And the scene still, and I know we talked about it for probably too long already, but the scene where he puts his arm down in her dress is really uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Ugh. All right. So, as we said, it was released December 17th, 1997. Yes, the same day as Titanic. Yeah. And but... it came in number two. Yeah, it did okay. It did fine. It had a budget of $38 million. It grossed $122.4 million. Yeah. It in did the, fine. In the U.S., it only made, like, $60 million. The other 60 came from, like, worldwide markets, but yeah. still. I mean, still. That's, yeah, that's four still... times the budget. Yeah, still money. Three times. One, well... 
I think Wikipedia. It says, the critic consensus is that Mouse Hunt gets trapped under the weight of its excessive slapstick antics. Which, I don't think that that's the problem with it. No. I do appreciate all of the slapstick. Yeah. They could have developed the characters while also having slapstick. Like, that's not... Yeah, the slapstick is fine. Yeah. It's the other... Yeah, the other parts where you're like, I don't really care. You don't... Yeah, if you were cheering for one side or the other, then it would be funnier when Lars and Ernie got hurt because you want them to fail. Or it would be funnier. Yeah, this is... I mean, the plot is so similar to Home Alone. Yeah. Which is what they wanted when it was written. Right. From what I read. Yeah, except for in Home Alone, you want Kevin to succeed. Yeah, you care because there's clearly good and evil outlined. Yes. Unlike this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read some of Roger Ebert's review. Please. He says, Pratt Falls, slapstick, and special effects are not funny in themselves. Right. Something that Hollywood keeps forgetting. <laughs> They're only funny when they apply to someone we have an attitude about so that we want them to succeed or fail. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I think he's exactly right. He also said that the film is an excellent example of the way modern advances in special effects can sabotage a picture. Because it is possible to make a movie in which the mouse can do all sorts of clever things, the filmmakers have assumed incorrectly that it would be funny to see the mouse doing them. Yes. Which is like, just because you American doesn't mean you Amera should. <laughs> yes. He also says, I believe a mouse can be trained to pick up an olive and run with it, but I don't believe it's funny. Not unless I know the mouse. <laughs> exactly but that is a really good point it's that's the whole point if yeah. we liked this mouse more or if ernie and lars were terrible people right but they're not everybody is just trying to get by yeah yeah and so you're just like well i don't want either of them to fail right we don't get any backstory on the mouse no except that perhaps it is <laughs> decades ancient. old yes <laughs> it is an ancient mouse yeah if if the mouse were seen as this like pure evil being that mm-hmm. was just out to murder them, then then we might have more feelings about it. Right. And then maybe the mouse could be like, oh, I'm sorry at the end, you know, and they yeah. work together. But it, it, it's it, just a mouse. It all seems so inconsequential. Like everything bad that happens to Lars and Ernie is their own fault. Yes. If they just left the mouse alone, yes. it probably would have been fine. Yeah, it would have just lived in that house. They could have sold it. The mouse would have been the new owner's he problem. He may have, like, pulled some antics, but they caused all of their own problems. Yes. By going overboard on trying to get him. Yep. And the mouse is just trying to live, you know, like... hmm Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I did read a review on unshavedmouse.com. Okay. <laughs> he just had some, like, cute ways of describing things. He said that the tone and atmosphere were, like... Norman Rockwell on Downers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, very accurate. Yeah. He also referred to Christopher Walken's character as David Bowie got into a transporter accident with William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Yep. I see. Yeah, I just thought those were cute. That is cute. Uh, I have a fun quote here from... So, the... Producer of this movie, Tony Ludwig, says that DreamWorks president, Walter Parks, at the time. So they had a party for Mouse Hunt when they were all done with it. Yeah. And the president said, You think I'm going to wish you well and hope that everything goes well. I'm not. I don't think you're ready to make this movie. 
I don't think this movie is any good. I think this is a big waste of money, and I think that all of you are going off on an adventure of folly. Which is hilarious. Damn. <laughs> Just the whole, the president of your whole production company is like, this is shit. Yeah. Y'all are doomed. Don't make this movie. Bye. Yeah. Best of luck, I guess, if you insist on going forward. No, he was like, not best of luck, actually. That's true. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna say that, because I think it's terrible. Yeah. God. Rough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, the point of making a movie is to make money, and they made money, so they, they made did money. it. They you did know? the thing. Yep. They and weren't trying to win any Oscars. No. I think people like it, for the most part. Yeah. Um, it has a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, so, you know. Yeah. Not a lot of people like it, but again. It was liked when it came out. It did well. It's one of those that when we talk about it, people are like, oh, yeah, Mouse Hunt. Yeah. And I remember liking it, because it's very silly. Oh, you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean earlier. Yes. This movie was directed by... Gore Verbinski, yep. who also directed the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It was his very first. Yeah, it was his directorial debut. He also did The Mexican, uh-huh. The Ring, yeah. like you said, The Weatherman. Nice. Lots of the movies. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and, and a couple of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. Uh, the writer, Adam Rifkin, also wrote Small Soldiers in Detroit Rock City. Okay. And... A bunch of other stuff, but those are the only two that looked familiar to me. Yeah. There was a... I actually added a couple movies to our list when I was watching this one because there were previews on the VHS. And one of them was for Small Soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that one. uh, Yeah. Well, we were sort of talking about cast. You already mentioned that Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella Mm -hmm. back together again as Timon and Pumbaa, which is cute. Yeah. They did a great job. Um, And then I was just going to say that our boy Frank Welker is back. Yet oh, again. Fuck yeah. Voices the mouse and Catzilla. Ugh. So I'm glad he's here. We we have to make a chart at some point that is All how many movies that Walker. he's been in. Because I'm pretty sure it's most of them. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, we should. He's in a lot. We should just make just a chart that says Frank Walker, yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the scene where they set up all the mouse traps. Yeah. Is 800... Yeah. real mouse traps that were set off with wires under the floor but had to be individually baited and set yep multiple times yeah it's a, i imagine that scene took a few takes it took several takes to get everything right <laughs> yeah and oh. then the last thing i was gonna say was that there were i would have quit actually for real 60 different trained mice yeah in this movie yeah there were some scenes where they used animatronic mice some scenes are computer animated most of them are trained mice yep. occasionally they had rats as body doubles yeah but most of them are and some some of the people on set took the mice home after filming as mm-hmm. pets which is so cute very cute yeah this is the first family film to be released by dreamworks pictures which is obviously Steven Spielberg's answer to Disney, basically. Yeah, I had completely forgotten until just now in the second that The Ring is also a DreamWorks movie. Oh, that's weird. That makes sense, though. Yeah. I, just, I think of DreamWorks now as, as being like, for children. Yeah, family movie stuff. But yeah, yeah, it didn't start out that way. No. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the fact that it continues to make movies that are not for children, but also makes movies that are both yeah. that are children. That's very, really weird. For sure. Mm-hmm. Also, I read that the music who was done by alan silvestri uh-huh. was used a lot yeah 
It said many songs from the movie score were recycled and used in other comedies, but I tried to see, like, what other comedies they were specifically used in, but and I couldn't find a list. Yeah. Same. But I, I did... We can look at all of his other movies that he has done the music for, like Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Nice, Fern Gully. It says that he did the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack, but he was removed. Okay. And replaced. All right. Don't know why. Interesting. Forrest Gump. Okay. The Parent Trap. Yeah. Stuart Little. What Et a cetera, Forever. Yeah. There is so m- I was like, I'm tired of typing. Yeah. There's so many. If he did the music for Fern Gully, then that means in replay rewind podcast canon he also technically did the music for we're back <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> yeah because that one guy yep rude <laughs> that's fun yeah i would like to know what else i guess it was in commercials and stuff yeah probably i mean it did it was really catchy i was like whistling it yeah after i finished watching it yeah did you watch the deleted scenes i did do you want to talk about them there's so many do there are i was was like 15 minutes worth and yeah yeah some of them i don't know why they were cut and then some of them i don't know why they were filmed (laughs) yeah there are a bunch of extra ones with caesar that were cut out yeah there's one where he's explaining all of his gadgets that makes sense why they cut that out it's It's boring boring. yeah um there's one of him working at the cheese factory at the end yeah i kind of liked that weird just because pulling raisins off of cheese yeah, which he is hearkening it back and to then poop eats again. It. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, it's a raisin." Ugh. Delightful. Um, but the one that I think that they should have kept is when he's trying to hear the mouse, and he turns up his like headphones or whatever, and mm-hmm. the mouse plays salsa music really loud, and yeah. he just feels compelled to dance. Yes, while screaming the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell he's upset about it. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the scene that would have explained how he got into the trunk in the attic. Yeah, because they show like. Or they find his tape recorder, uh-huh. and they play like the last few minutes of it, but it doesn't really make any sense. No, it's just him. Put he put that down, but it does answer the question a little bit of because the mouse drags him outside. At which point, I would have quit. Yeah, he goes back into the house, yeah. but you don't see him go back into the house. All we see is he's been dragged outside. Then we see his car being towed away. Right. Then we see like that the police and the ambulance is there. Yeah, and then you're like, wait, but how he's did he... being. He's being taken out of the house on a stretcher, so how did he get back in the house? Right. I guess you just assume he goes back in. But, uh, yeah, at least it shows him in the attic, like... Yeah. And it, it's just kind of a fun scene, and then he's just like... Everybody who has to face this mouse is like, oh, this now it's on. You know, because yeah. he says, nicely done, my friend, but now it's time for this game to end. Yes. And he's like, I'm gonna get this fucking mouse. And then the mouse gets him. Gets him. But that's why I kind of... I wish they would have kept the scene where he's... Not even necessarily the scene of him eating the raisins, but just showing him at the factory doing quality control because Being it's healthy. nice to know that he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got right. all of his gear back on, but it's white now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like food safe. God, there's a really long one of Ernie in the hospital that like changes. They must have cut this because the information that you get from it. Mm-hmm is information that you get from that other scene where everybody's like at his bedside while he's being pushed down the hallway yeah it's a little repetitive they yeah. just like they probably it for conciseness and it's very dark yeah it's uncomfortable because yeah he wakes up in this hospital bed strapped to the bed yeah like buckled yeah with leather straps yeah talks to the doctor for a little bit the it's doctor really dramatic about y- it yeah and it feels out of character for him too yeah i don't know 
Yeah, the doctor explains to him, you don't have any major injuries, but I'd like to keep you here to make sure. Yeah. Then he starts looking around. He's sharing the room with a guy who's just, like, completely bandaged. Oh, he's in a, like, full body cast. Yes. Yeah. And then they show a window into a room where someone's having surgery. Yeah, like, people are just, like, kind of yanking organs out. That looks gross. And it's like, that, why? And then he sees that Hilda and Ingrid are in the room with him. But then he... Talks to them he doesn't he's remember them. Never seen them. Yeah, and they introduce themselves all over and explain who they are. Right. Which is like we already know that. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. If he doesn't remember, then he's got ser- more serious injuries That's than true. the doctor would imply. Yeah. And the the only bit of this scene that I like is when he explains the whole story to the doctor as quickly as he can. Yeah. And it's very funny, starting with him saying, you know, like, well, my father died. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, it's okay. I never liked him. <laughs> and then he just says, you and know. there's a diabolical mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, all of this is true, but, but he, he sounds, sounds completely unhinged. Yeah. So that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. There's one at the auction that doesn't really add anything. No, except for when Mrs. Falco looks at Hilda and asks if her boobs are real. Like, well, again, kids movie. I mean, I'm glad I guess they cut that one out. Can you hear me rolling my eyes, audience? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's one of everyone underwater at the auction, yes. which implies that the whole house is full of water and the walls are holding it in and it's like they're in a pool. Yes. And a man comes to the door to ask if April is coming out soon. Yeah, it's like her driver. Yeah. She's a nurse. How does she have a driver? I don't know. Because she says she's middle class. You know, because she's like, there's no air here Yeah, in the middle class. So I don't know. Where does she get all this money? I don't know. But yeah, that part they didn't need. No. It's kind of funny that Lars sticks his face out while his body is floating in water. Yeah. But then <laughs> the one in the office is the one that is so weird. It's very weird. Like, it's just more slapstick. Barely, though. For no reason. It's so long. Yes. It's just him in the office not doing anything he's like struggling with the blinds yeah that takes forever then something's squeaking and he's trying to find the squeak and he can't answer the phone yeah and then the secretary comes in and he falls off a chair right this whole scene is very very laurel and hardy very wc fields yeah if it were just that because that's that's the whole like wc fields feel is where it literally just the thing there's is no, like it's ridiculous any dialogue there's no yeah it's yeah. just him struggling with this one thing over and over again charlie yeah. chaplin laurel and hardy all right. that you yeah, know yeah. you're like okay i get it i think they're trying to put that feel into this but it just it doesn't it work does not land but so. it did make me sad because they don't show the secretary in the movie because this scene was cut out yeah she's not in the rest of it and right. i love that actress because she's in northern exposure Oh, is she? Yeah, she owns. She looked familiar. A shop, the oh. only shop really, oh. in the town of Sicily, Alaska. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, they just like cut her out of the movie entirely. It's yeah. Like, kind of sad. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I had one more thought, just to kind of wrap this up. Do you have okay. anything else? No. Okay. Yeah, my last thought was, what they really should have done is gone into the house flipping business mm, because poorly. they do a great job. Oh, yeah, because they did it all in two days. Yes, with yeah. a very low budget, just the two of them. You don't see them hiring anybody else. But, I mean, they genuinely fixed the floor. Yeah. Because I was thinking the stairs. before I started watching it, I was like, well, maybe part of the problem is they just kind of slap this house together and that's how it falls apart. But, I mean, they've got that whole group of people walking around on that floor. They truly and mm-hmm. actually fix up this house. Yeah. They should have just done that. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> 
Because they're clearly very good at it. I don't think they like it. No, but I wonder if there was a mouse. Could learn to like it. (laughs) But overall, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll get into it now that they have string cheese money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they let the factory. I don't. That's what Ernie wants to do, though, is make food. So he's happy now. It combines their two loves of food and string. Exactly. They get to be together and equal partners. Each with a piece of string. They get to hang out with the mouse. Yep. Work with him instead of against him. The mouse. What do you think? They had to have named the mouse. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think they named him? Hmm. I think that... Gouda. If they had... (laughs) I think Lars would have secretly been calling the mouse by their dad's name. Ah. If they had played up that superstition angle, it would have been like... They would have called him Rudy or Rudolph or whatever their dad's name is. Yeah. And then I think Ernie would have just called him like rat bastard or something like that like not giving him i'm not giving him a name yeah but i mean at the by the end oh that's true when they're working with him yeah i'm sure they have to call him something yeah probably rudy that would be my guess after they're done that's cute yeah rudy's months (laughs) all right all right well that was a movie it was a movie i think you talked me out of liking it oh no (laughs) honestly i was uh, kind of into it and then i read that roger ebert review i was like you're right i don't give a shit about any of these people yeah that was so he kind of talked me out of it the first time that i really agreed with roger ebert Mm -hmm. where i was like oh you pointed out something that i didn't realize yeah he's right but he liked george of the jungle that's true (laughs) (laughs) there's no accounting for taste you can't you don't know what he's about this depends on what mood he's in i guess that's true i mean same all right all right get us out of here um well i think we have a small announcement to make first do we yeah because we're doing <laughs> something in the month of march oh, that yeah. we should let everyone know about oh yeah we should prepare you because for... people need to be ready yeah we've been trying to butter you up the past two weeks between this movie and sword in the stone with light fluffy did it make you cry no there's no there's no point in this movie that i would cry because uh because it's light and fun and happy and we're about to destroy ruin all of that everything so drink some water (laughs) drink some water don't get dehydrated don't get dehydrated stretch get ready (laughs) get some blankets yeah maybe buy stock in kleenex yeah because it's coming it's coming Just be ready. Be ready. Don't say we didn't warn you. Cryptically and annoyingly. The best way. In the meantime. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Replay Rewind Podcast or Tumblr. Same thing. Uh, you can Gmail us, Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can listen to us on Stitcher or Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts or some other weird ones, but I don't remember what they're called. So just go to those big four, I think. Yeah, and they may be weird, but we appreciate them. Yes, absolutely. Send us your thoughts, suggestions. If you are a magnate, let us know. Yeah, just just tell us about it, really, in general. And in the meantime, stay fresh, string cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, and rewind. Bye. I was going to say that.
Why do I keep talking about mice? <laughs> Mises in the hizzy. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>